everybody, my name is Blue. Welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am here today and all other days of the podcast recording with the uh, kind of okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's his birthday, Brad. I, okay, it's not my birthday. My birthday's well, tomorrow. I appreciate the thought. It it is your it's your birthday because it's the day that we're celebrating because it's the day you did your birthday stream and you know if you were a kid everyone would still be saying happy birthday to you because your party would be thrown on this day. Uh, but I'm I'm throwing my own party tomorrow. Are you? What you got planned? I am cooking steaks for everyone because you know I have to cook my own birthday dinner. Shokugeki. Yes, exactly. Although it was funny because all my friends have been talking to me. They're like, what? Why Why are you making your own birthday dinner? And I'm like, look, if you want something done right, especially when it comes to cooking, you just do it yourself. Or so therefore, doing you get it myself. Gordon Ramsay to do it. I wish I could get Gordon Ramsay to do it. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would greatly appreciate that. Just Gordon, if for some ungodly reason you're listening to this, I need you to come cook for my birthday dinner. I feel like if anybody's listening to it in the in the Ramsey household, it's probably his kiddos, and they're probably really fed up with all of the uh, Gordon Ramsey memes and jokes and such things that are, that are going on about his dad, about their dad. <laughs> I mean, he he kind of he's kind of done it to himself though. Like the man is like a raging cooking meme. He is. He is. And he could take a good joke, which is why I feel like everyone's completely okay with, like, poking fun at him. Because he, he really can just, like, laugh at himself, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I haven't like I, seen him getting, like, mad at the jokes like some celebrities I, do. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's always seems to, like, be in a good mood unless he's on Hell's Kitchen or something, in which case he's very But angry. then I understand. Have you seen Hell's Kitchen? Like, some of the kitchens that he walks into where there's just rats and cockroaches and he's like, you're serving this to human beings. Like, no, no, that, that's Kitchen Nightmares. Hell's Kitchen is like the cooking oh, right, competition yeah. thing. Yeah, Blue, but then also, like, <laughs> I, I did see that one about the, the girl who was just, like, throwing heaps of spaghetti in the bin. Did you see that bit? Yes, I did. <laughs> like, if if I was running a restaurant and one of my employees was throwing pounds of ingredients in the bin, I'd be mad too. Yeah, She is yeah. an idiot sandwich. <laughs> but what have you been up to this week, birthday boy? Uh. Oh my tennis? god, there's another fucking mosquito thing! <laughs> Get it? You can do it. I believe in you. I'm gonna... It's on my stream wall again. I'm going to end up with splodges because you know I never clean them off because I am grimy. That sounds like a personal problem. It is a personal problem. I'm bad at cleaning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gross. Uh. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so bad. Okay, yep. Yeah, that sticky note is going in the bin. Where's my tissue box? Oh, on the other side of the room. Great. Great. Why am I Tony the Tiger? I don't know. Tony the Tiger and Terry the Tiger are the same person. Are they? Yes. Are they? They are. Are you just making up shit? I'm not. Marketing differences between Britain and America. Mmm, lovely. Like Waldo, or... What is he, Wally? Where's Wally? Yeah, he's Wally. Why does it have to be different? Why can't it I all just be know. Where's Waldo? I don't... 
I don't know. I don't actually know if it was a British or a, uh, American invention, invention, uh, <laughs> idea. I don't know concept. I don't know where it came from originally. But I agree that the changing of names depending on certain countries within the same language is a bit stupid. But I understand why because of the marketing differences. And they were done before the age of the internet. But now there is the internet. It's just weird. It is very weird. But because of the internet, we're able to have amazing things like this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so this week it's been basically anime, tennis, more anime. Also, so I don't know if you all know this because I haven't talked about it for the past two weeks or anything. But I've been watching this amazing little anime called Prince of Tennis. Mm-hmm. And it has magically, slightly, made me better at tennis. But, on the mm-hmm. flip side of that, though, yeah, I broke a racket. Huh. Not only did I break a racket, I broke Bree's racket. <laughs> oh, no. So it so wasn't even my racket to break. So you're in trouble. No, like, she had actually had the racket for over a decade, so we were all surprised it lasted this long. Ah. And it was also, like, a cheap little, I think she said it was, like, a cheap little $20 Walmart, Kmart racket. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, no, it's fine, but I still felt bad. I felt like I dropped a child or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought of another difference between America and Britain. Uh-huh. TK Maxx and TJ Maxx. Same store. Why? I don't know. That's that's all I can say is just why I don't on know. that one. I have no clue. Yeah, what about you? What have you been up to this week? Ah, uh, uh, um, Tilly, my golden retriever pup. Well, she's not really a pup anymore. She's about a year and a half, a little over a year and a half. She got spayed this week, yesterday. Uh, so we're actually recording this a day later than we normally would record. We usually record on Wednesdays to go up on Sunday, but we're recording it on Thursday. Um, because yeah, she was spayed yesterday and she was not happy. She was a miserable pup. Everything went well. Surgery went really, really well. Um, she was able to come home on same day surgery because we went with like the laser as opposed to scalpel and stitches. And it means that she, like, it's a faster recovery process and like less, like it's cauterizing everything. So it's less stressful on her body. So they didn't have to monitor overnight. overnight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, but she was not happy about it. So yeah, she came home and she was super, super groggy um, yesterday. We got her home at around 3.30. Her surgery was like eight o'clock in the morning. We got her around at like 3.30 and she she just sat on the floor and I sat on the floor with her and I laid a couple of blankets down so the floor was squishy because she didn't <laughs> want to get on a bed. Um, and I gave her a dog biscuit when she came in because the vet said that she hadn't eaten any- anything. And so he's like, try and get her to have like at least a little something. And so she took the dog biscuit and just like held it in her mouth for probably like an hour while she was coming out of the, the anesthesia grogginess. Um, and she was just crying. Every release of breath was a whine. So, cause we've never had a vocal dog before. Like all of our dogs have been really quiet, but she's really vocal. Um, and she just was, we call her squeak and she was just squeaking the entire time for two hours straight. And if I would stop petting her, then she would like turn her squeak into a kind of low rumbly, kind of a growl, but it's not, there was no aggression behind it or anything. It was just noise. (laughs) And, uh, and then I figured out eventually that if you sing, you are my sunshine, she'll stop squeaking 
until for like uh 15 minutes or so until she starts squeaking again you sing the song again she stops squeaking <laughs> i don't know Bean. yeah but she was she's got it rough yeah, she was feeling really rough, but she's doing much, much better today to the point where we're kind of like, chill, you had surgery yesterday, sit. <laughs> um, yeah, because she's like up and about and running around and, and all kinds of stuff. And we're trying to make sure that obviously she doesn't do anything to, to injure herself. But um, yeah, gentle walks uh, she'll be going on. But we have like, I mean, Leo... Our other dog, our, our Bichon, he turned 17 yesterday. Um, and then we also have a, a nearly 12-year-old golden retriever as well. Um, and so they go on very chill walks normally. And then we would take Tilly out for a much longer walk after we take the old guys out. And so she's just been, this morning, she just went on the very slow old person walk, which is literally <laughs> like a half a block. And then they're like, okay, we want to go home now. <laughs> um, so she went on that and it takes forever because Leo's so slow and Cedar's <laughs> back legs have gone now because yeah, she's rescue runt kind of golden some issues in the back legs anyway, but then she has like no mus- muscle in there either. And so, uh, yeah, it's a very slow walk for her. So she did that this morning and then has slept and then tried to play a bit and then got in trouble for playing, uh, which, I mean, you don't want to get her in trouble for playing, but like also she needs to chill. So I think she's understanding that she's not well, but uh, she wants to play. She wants to be a puppy. So monitoring her for the next couple of days, making sure she's chill. But in a couple of weeks time, she'll be back to normal. Well, hopefully she heals up all right because Bean is best Bean. She is best Bean. But outside of that, what have you been getting up to? I did a painting today. Is that the one that you sent me? I did send it to you. It looks great. I am really enjoying watching how you progress with everything as you just continue to paint more and more. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying painting. I used to specialize pretty much solely in pencil sketches, realism pencil sketches. But since I've really badly injured my wrist, I can't spend nine hours making teeny tiny little marks on a page to make a raven you know (laughs) so (laughs) painting is a lot easier on my wrist but um yeah I've I've really been enjoying it I think I'm getting much better I've really been practicing positive self-criticism so you know after you finish a painting or a project or whatever looking at it dissecting it finding the points that you like finding the points that need improvement and just like sitting in it for a little bit and like really just focusing on those those things And then not jumping into another painting right away, giving it like a day or so, and then starting another one, bearing in mind those previous self-criticisms. And it's actually been working really, really well. And I'm not very good at landscapes. So far, the the one I did today was kind of the third one. I did like a, I don't know, a dystopian fantasy sand dune with three moons, giant rock slash tree broken tree i don't know what they are they're like there could be a rock they could be what's petrified petrified tree rock formation things um and then a little man on the sand dune kind of thing purple and yellow sky that kind of i don't know how to describe it how would you describe it brad like walking through the sahara while on acid good description i Um, have no clue (laughs) yeah i feel but i feel like it's a much better landscape than i've done the past two previously but the other two that i did previously were very different landscapes but um yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to really working on other things because yeah my specialty really is realism animals and i'm 
I'm good at them. I mean, it's my specialty for a reason. Um, I did a, uh, a wolf that I'm really quite proud of the other day. And yeah, I don't know. I think they turned out well. But I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying working on things that are out of my comfort zone. And I mean, honestly, all the stuff that you're doing is phenomenal. So you definitely need to keep up with all of that. I will. What about you? Have you been doing creative things? No, absolutely not. None? I mean, my life is consumed with nothing but anime. And I mean, if you consider trying to get good at tennis creative, then yes. (laughs) I consider it fairly creative. But outside of that, um, I've been, well, I wouldn't necessarily, I can speak. I wouldn't necessarily call it creative, but I have been trying to help my sister get better with singing. So that's a thing. That's fun. You used to do singing back in the day, didn't you? I did. And I am trying to kind of teach her the way that I was taught Mm -hmm. because she and I had a lot of the same issues. Mm -hmm. Whenever we both started, we were both extremely tone deaf. But she's a little bit different because she doesn't transition well between notes. Okay. So I've been trying to help her with that and or at least positively critiquing her mm-hmm. and hoping she's able to kind of learn from it and move on because that's kind of that's how I learned because two of my best friends, we would go karaoke and after every one of our songs, like we would all just kind of critique each other, even though those two were more specifically one of them were like extremely harsh on me, but he was also extremely good. Yeah. So it's all positive feedback. And so it all just kind of goes really well as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm also working on the background for potential news videos. Yeah, that's fine. But that's a that's a very slow work in progress because it's like like going back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago as far as like mental health goes. It's been kind of a slow process finding the motivation to work on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've kind of been having a bit of issues with procrastination myself the past couple of days. So. Um, yeah, I feel you on that. But it'll all it'll all work itself out. Mm-hmm. I'll get I'll get it done eventually. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I don't these days. know. So, have you been reading any manga, watching any anime, doing any fun stuff? I oh god, now I can't remember the name of the anime. There's a anime that's based around bread. Oh crap! What's it called? I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up quick. There's an anime based around me. <gasps> I never would have thought. Oh, okay. I don't know how to say this, so bear with me. Uh, Yakitate? Possibly? <coughs> Possibly. Don't know how to say it, okay? But it's an anime that's based around bread. And it's pretty old. I don't know. It's probably early 2000s. Same kind of animation age as Prince of Tennis. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's like a Food Wars kind of early. <laughs> it's like pre-Food Wars, Food Wars, but specifically bread. And I was watching it a while ago. And then I stopped watching it because there's like, I think, over 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got a bit like dreary, I guess. Not Well, not like dreary, but like, I don't know. I got like kind of done with it, I guess. I'm mm-hmm. a, you know, like when you binge watch something and you get to a point and you're just like, I don't care anymore. I kind of got to that point with it. So it's not that it's bad. It's just that probably don't binge it. <laughs> it's not, mm-hmm. it's not binge worthy. But yeah, it's about bread. It's about this boy who is on a mission to make Japan bread because there is French bread, there's English bread, there's American bread, but there's no Japan bread. So he's on a mission to make the first Japan bread and he's been making different types of bread his entire life. But the thing about him is, is that he's never done research on bread. So he's just been playing in the kitchen. Um, And then he goes to this like 
uh, like this training thing to try and get a job at this like official bread chain and the bakery chain uh, but specifically just bread and and he's like look i made this this is japan bread number 43 and they're like that's non bread and he's like look at this this is japan bread number seven and they're like that's a freaking french that's a baguette and then he's like look at this this is japan bread number 112 and they're like that's a hot dog bun <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he's he's got uh, what do they call it like golden hands or something basically he has poor circulation so his hands are really warm um, which is really really good for making bread it activates the yeast and uh, so he he's like this like superhero in the bread world because he's got warm hands um, and so he can make all of these loaves of bread he can make croissants but the layers between the croissant like normally you only fold it like four, like seven times to make 14 layers or I don't know how many but he folded it like 50,000 times and this croissant has so many thin layers between the butter and so it's a croissant that when you bite into it it's extra flaky. It's <laughs> so you know what he sounds like to me. What he sounds like if you crossed Soma with Zenitsu from Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Like it's that level of intelligence, but also skill. <laughs> it's so. It's like, I don't so... understand why, but that's what it reminds me of. Uh, and then the, their mentor is—I don't know. It's—it's it's a whole show. I recommend you giving it a shot because it's stupid, um, and it is like up my alley of just like chuck it on and just bathe in the ridiculousness of it. But yeah, anyway, I've continued watching. I picked that back up again recently. And it's mad stupid, and there's such a big turf war. <laughs> like, I don't... It, there's a turf war over bread. I don't understand. <laughs> it's... But anyways, what about you? Manga or anime you've been into recently? So, I decided to pick up Rent-A-Girlfriend again, because I was like, okay, I'm bored, I'm on vacation. It's like, I need to, I need to watch something, because I've caught up on all my other weeklies. Mm-hmm. That I'll get to in a minute. So we had, that's a trip, man. <laughs> like, I I can't recommend you watch this, like you specifically. Okay. Because you, although you'll find a good bit of it funny, I almost turned it off. Like, there was just a moment of pure cringe. Oh, no. That <laughs> I was just sat there watching it, and I was like, I wholeheartedly regret ever suggesting this for anyone to watch ever <laughs> do you have a um like a cringe moment that you compare everything to and it's like that is my cap because i do and if you do i want to know what yours is so they're just like really if it's like a really choreographed to where like you can tell it's coming and you can tell it's going to be really bad mm-hmm. that's a moment where i'm just like uh like I gotta stop. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing that I really compare it to. However, this point will henceforth be the standard bearer for <laughs> everything else that I have to cut off. Yeah. Do you want to know what? Because okay, go go for it. Well, mine is um, uh, I think it's yeah, it's Harry Potter and I can't remember if it's the Order of the Phoenix or the Goblet of Fire, but it's Harry and Cho. 
and he is sitting at the great hall and he turns to look at her and he smiles but he's just taken a drink of pumpkin juice and it spills out of his face because he didn't swallow before he smiled. Yeah, I think that's the fourth one. A fourth one? Yeah, I Because that's can't. the first time you ever really see Cho. Yeah. I, so I think that, that's it. That moment, I skip. I adamantly refuse to watch that. Also, the cringy thing when they're at the top of the tower and he asks if she wants to go to the Ubal and she's like, sorry, I'm going with Cedric. But, like, that's less cringy as him forgetting to swallow. Who put that in the script? Who decided that that was okay? Because I'm mad at them. So, you know what I find more cringy than that? What? The scene in Order of the Phoenix, whenever they're at the Allery, and it's like, or not, was it the Allery? Or is it the... Fuck. At Christmas, whenever she's crying over Cedric and they start kissing and stuff in the room of requirements. yeah, yeah. That's even cringier for me. Like, I'm just like, oh, God, no, please stop. Like, yeah. it's just awkward as fuck. It is really awkward. The, what makes it even more awkward is that the entire crew were watching on a screen. And, I, yeah, because I was watching it behind the scenes on that. And they were like, okay, we couldn't have anybody else in the room. But what we didn't tell Dan and whoever played Cho was that um, the entire crew and cast and everybody were watching on screens outside of the room. And then when they left, they were all, like... Teasing him and cheering and, and oh my god, I would have vomited. That is too much. My social anxiety would not be able to handle that. Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, that that would have been terrible. My goodness. The only reason why I forgive that scene in the movies, though, is because I enjoy Hermione calling Ron a teaspoon, saying that he has the emotional rage of a teaspoon after the fact. <laughs> That's the only reason why. Yeah, yeah, I can, I, I can see that. Ah. But. Anybody, any scene where two people are having an intimate moment and other people are watching, I cannot handle. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah. Or if two people are just like, I don't care about other people being here. I'm gonna have an intimate moment in the middle of the freaking park. I'm like, why? No. <laughs> well, it's like. PDA in general, like, especially in real life, like, I can't, hand-holding, that's fine. Like, I am perfectly acceptable of that, but anything- kisses, even just, like, quick pecks, things like that, they're kind of cute, like, that's fine. If you are playing tonsil hockey, no. (laughs) Hard no. No. But yeah, this- I think it was this latest episode, this week's episode of it, is the one that it was. And I was just like, I I don't even know if I can c- continue. Like, I was just... <sighs> <laughs> like, I, I really want to know what happened, but I also really don't want to know what happened. I, I don't even want to go into detail, because I... <laughs> uh, I'll, I will put it to you like this. I have watched a lot of anime. Mm-hmm. I've spent over three months combined of my life watching anime at this point. I have never seen anything like this. Oh. And it's not, like, it's a true slice of life, and it's technically a rom-com, but just the whole show is cringe. Like, I feel like the the writers of the show are literally just seeing what the fuck they can get away with. Yeah. How it's far ridiculous. can we push our audience before they just nope? Yeah. Because that, from now on, like, this is going to be the end all be all. If there's anything else like this in this show, I'm done. Like, I will put it down and I will never come back to it. Because the show really does have moments of brilliance. Mm-hmm. With, like, the way they portray their characters and the way that they're, like, trying to show growth. In our main character, but they just, ugh, it's just bad. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. What else have you been watching? ReZero. Shock. Although this week was a little bit different. This week was, um, it was really interesting because we all know how the story of ReZero works to where every time Subaru dies, he restarts back at a checkpoint and there are usually like some subtle differences and he has to try to figure them out. Mm-hmm. Well, this time it was weird because characters changed mm. this go around. And so people that he thought he was allies with actually turned against him. Oh. So it was it was really interesting to watch it happen. But also he made a new friend. But it was just it was really interesting to sit back and watch because I expected something else to happen or I expected more yeah. to happen. Because <laughs> the way these past couple episodes have went, I it's just been like bam, 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 all this shit's happening. Yeah. And then this episode I feel like a lot was accomplished with so little. Yeah. Because we got to see Beatrice, you know, the spiral drill lolly Mm -hmm. of the library. Mm -hmm. We got to see like more of her character and we actually get to find out like why she is the way that she is. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And we finally get to see like a moment of weakness with her. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She's pretty one dimensional. Like from my... From what I've seen, which is, I think, just the first... What what season are you on now? This is season two. Season two. Yeah, okay, so I've only seen the first season. She's a pretty one-dimensional character towards the end of she the is. She, she is extremely one-dimensional. She is... There's just so much we don't know about her. And then I feel like this time we learn everything. Yeah. Or just shy of everything. Like, we still don't understand why she's working with... Uh, fucking what's his face clown man i have no clue what you're talking about that's not season one stuff no no it is is it season one stuff uh fucking roswell oh right yeah yeah okay yeah yeah like we still don't know why like she's under contract with him yeah but we find out literally everything else about her okay so there was there's so much that happened in this episode and yet so little it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the episodes are like three or four minutes longer than normal anime episodes. So, okay. so it's really like exciting. Maybe a full half hour? Close to it. Like they're like 27 minutes, yeah. give or take, instead yeah. of 23 and a half. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. That's a nice little added touch. And they're all different lengths too. Like every episode has a different time amount. So they're really, like they're making sure they get their point across in every episode instead of being like restricted. Oh, I wonder if it's being televised then. Or if they're just putting it out on streaming services. I'm not 100% certain because you would think that if, but it's the only show that's doing that this season. Yeah. Well, that, because that, well, that makes me think, like, that makes me wonder if because of all of the, everything that got postponed and everything, maybe their spot was taken by something else on television. And so they have more freedom with their episode time limit to be able to do kind of what they want with it. Maybe. Um, but also, yeah. this is the second week in a row that they've been, like, fully working from home on the episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, again, there still hasn't been a dip in quality at all. And like we've said since the beginning of the season, I think it's, I think it's like, the quality has actually went up. That's good. Like, that, the animation style is by far the best that the series has been. But also, that OP, just ugh, top-notch. Like, without a doubt, probably going to be my OP of the year. I know I've realized I talk about that every week, but it's so <laughs> This good. week's my OP of the year. No, this week's my OP of the year. Like, no joke. 
at the end of the year, when our last episode of the year, where we go through like a full review of everything we've talked about, unless just something phenomenal just comes out of the woodworks and blows me away, hands down, OP of the year. I was gonna say, there's still a lot more to come. Like we still got, a, we still got a lot of a lot of animes that are just starting up. Mate, we're in August. Yeah. Where's the year gone? I don't even know. This is episode twenty-five. Holy shit. <laughs> I yeah. If you've been with us from the beginning, like from episode one, if you've listened from episode one, I'm sorry you had to deal with that cringe, but also thank you for like still listening and bearing with us as we have hopefully gotten better at podcasting. I like, I hope so. Yeah. Hopefully we've only gotten better. Hopefully the banter has only gotten better. Blue and I haven't gotten any better. I still don't know what the fuck's wrong with us. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't know. I'm. Uh, or better yet, I don't know how the fuck she's put up with me for so long. I'll put it that way. I don't know how you deal with the fact that my brain just doesn't stay on track. You are the heart and soul of this. I don't want to hear anything. Aww, you goop. You goop. <laughs> you do all of the background stuff, though. Like, the vast majority of the editing and, like, um, all the news stuff and the stuff that my brain just doesn't handle. <laughs> Well, I mean, somebody has what episode we're doing. I'm like, what are we recording this week? Every week. (laughs) I told you, if you just want to leave me in charge of that, that's fine. But be forewarned, you're going to be watching a lot more random shit. (laughs) I am kind of okay with that, though, because there's some stuff that you recommended that is definitely like not my thing. But there's a lot of stuff that you recommended that I wouldn't have watched, but I enjoyed. Well, I'm like slowly piecing together more and more what you like and don't like, and I'm kind of being able to conform. Conform to me. (laughs) Bow before me, peasant. But anyway, like I'm learning more about how to cater towards what you like, but also keeping it within my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. That's why I've almost got October completely planned out with things that still fit in the horror genre of things. Mm-hmm. But it's still anime that I think you'll really enjoy. Should we actually choose to go with those? Yeah. And also, no, there's some of my favorite OPs of all time as well. Yeah, you try to get me to like OPs. Before this is all said and done, I will have achieved greatness. <laughs> <laughs> I st- my favorite OP that comes in my head still to this day is freaking daily lives of high school boys do you know that you see That's you it. say that but you want to know what comes into my head as one of my favorite ops of all time what Tonica. Oh, that's a good OP as well. That's like, a, that's to me in my head. That's not an OP though, because it's just a song on my phone. Because I loved it so much <laughs> that I put it on my phone. I was saying, like without a doubt, and yeah, it's still like I was watching a video last night, and it was like top 100 OPs of all time, and that one wasn't on there. And then I got to thinking, I was like, you know, for the Instagram, I need to sit down and compile a list of your and my favorite OPs of all time and just do like a top five for each of us. I have to say that's probably my number one top OP because it's not even an OP in my head anymore. It's just a good song. So much so that I went and looked up the band and had a look at their other music because I was like, this is good. You see, that's how it was with, um, shit, Lisa, I think. Well, it was before Demon Slayer. It was with, um, Alicization. Mm-hmm. because she did the OP for it with Adamas, and once that happened, I was just like, I'm about to just dive headfirst into her music and all of her stuff. Like, if you download her Essentials album if you download on Apple... you her? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But yeah, if you download her Essentials album on mm-hmm. Apple, it's all, or the vast majority of it's anime OPs that she's done, but it's other singles and stuff that she's had. And it's all just really good music. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's really upbeat. And then from there, because I don't know how, fuck, I don't even know what kind of phone you have. But anyway, I don't know how your whole music setup is done, but Apple will recommend like other stuff off of stuff you have downloaded. And that's how I kind of got into other j-pop artists and i found one of my favorite ballad artists and i'm really into japanese ballads mm-hmm. and i'm a sucker for ballads anyway like i like sad songs i listen to country music i'm a sap <laughs> <laughs> but and so i really enjoy ballads but also there's just something about like jamming along to j-pop and just like banging drums at so the good. bottom of the beautiful briny sea <laughs> Bend up some broomsticks. No? Yes. Yeah? Yes. You know that one? Uh-huh. You get the reference? Yes, I do. Okay. Because you said singing along for a minute. So. Get it? What? Mm-hmm. I always wanted a full poster bed because of that film. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. What was it you and I were carrying on with yesterday? Was it yesterday? Oh, yeah. Aladdin. A whole new world. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. That was very funny. Because <laughs> at first, I was like, I get what she's going for. And I'm not going to play along. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to play along. <laughs> you have to. You can't not. You know? <laughs> I was just like, okay, I'm in the mood for banter. Let's do this. <laughs> oh. Have I told you the stupid Pokemon joke? No. Let's hear it. How do you get Pikachu onto a bus? How? You Pokemon. <laughs> That's great. That's a good one. It's I great, like that. Yeah, yeah I've That's... known that one since I was really young. I think it blew up around the UK, but it never came across the pond. So um, I've been sharing it with all of my North American friends, and they always get a kick out of it. How many Dragon Ball Z characters does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Just one, but it's going to take six episodes. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Namek is going to explode in five minutes, but that five minutes is going to take place across 53 episodes. So accurate. <laughs> so accurate, it's not even funny. It's it's accurate to the point to where I feel like even other animes parody it. Mm-hmm. But I sat down and have a conversation about this with one of my friends ages ago about why shows actually do that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is because, or at least in Dragon Ball's case, it's because they're moving so quick that they break it down. So technically, all that could technically be taking place in five minutes, but it's still silly. It is silly. But it's great. It's quality. <laughs> and then outside of that, so the main thing I'm ready to talk about as far as weeklies go, Sword Art Online has kicked the hell off. Oh, this week's episode was so good. I'm glad. Like, I'm not even joking whenever I say from Alicization on, like, everything is really picked up. Good. And especially this season, just, oh, it's so good. I'm I'm just glad they ditched the whole harem anime idea and just went to good, simple storytelling. Me too. I don't know why they ever decided to give that a go. I don't know. Like, I don't know why they strayed from the manga the way that they did and then went the route that they did. However... I feel like they tried to retcon and fix a lot of that with Sword Art Online Progressive, mm-hmm. which of those who are unfamiliar, SAO Progressive is the manga to where they take the original arc of Sword Art, but they change the character designs instead of 
because the ones for the original SAO manga were a lot more simplistic. Mm-hmm. And so they switched the art style for those into the current, like, Kirito Asuna art styles from the anime. Mm-hmm. But it's a floor-by-floor telling of what took place in Eintracht instead of floor 1 to floor 25 to 50 to 51 to 75 and all that taking place across 12 episodes. Each volume of manga technically takes place across each floor. Yeah. So it's a really nice read. Like, I've really been enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why they felt the need to retcon the actual, like, first arc. But yeah. I'm down. I dig it. It's a fun time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, if there's anybody that's been sleeping on SAO, I realize I've said this before, but now is by far the best time to try to get into it because, ooh, it's so good. I'm glad it's picked back up again. I know a lot of people were super, super disappointed. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded, because I completely forgot about this happening in SAO 2, but the second arc of SAO 2, although it is more kind of slice of lifey and focusing on the relationship between Kirito and Asuna, they introduce a new character who I had completely forgotten about until they brought her back in this episode. And whenever they did, my heart shattered because I was reminded about this whole character and everything. I was just like, oh, my God, like this is oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's just like they've I don't know how they went about just or why they did what they did but more of this please Mm -hmm. good i'm glad you're enjoying it yeah i i want to be able to talk about it more but i'm like i can't spoil anything it is really hard to talk about things that we're not specifically addressing during the episode because it's like ah can't say anything no it's just a pain because you refuse to watch things week to week (laughs) well even then like we can't just go and spoil it for everybody listening as well so spoiler alert no i'm kidding (laughs) But no, so that's been good. Um, that's really all I want to talk about because I've been mm-hmm. rewatching some other rom coms because I'm trying to I'm trying to theme February into making you watch more rom coms. <laughs> okay, because it's February; it's the month for it. So why not? <laughs> and I'm just oh, like, God. oh God, what? <laughs> uh, I don't do romance. I know, and yet, what better way to use February? Ah. <laughs> uh. November is going to be sports month, okay? Okay. It's my birthday month. We're doing sports. Can we just cover Prince of Tennis? <laughs> the entire, <laughs> the entire month. time. No, we've got to add a haiku <laughs> in there because we have uh, one specific listener who plays volleyball mm-hmm. uh, and keeps us updated on that. And so uh, we need to cover haiku for that. For we also need to cover softball as well. I don't know if there is a softball anime. Then they need to get on that. We've covered baseball already. We have covered baseball. I want to either do Kuroko no Basuke or Slam Dunk for a basketball anime. Slam Dunk is an oldie but a goodie. Kuroko no Basuke is basketball with magic. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think those two are two that I want to cover. We do. I think I want to do Baby Steps as well. It is a tennis anime. Uh, but it's not Prince of Tennis, so it's not 178 episodes and, like, four movies. Uh, Makes life I, so much easier. And also, since all of Prince of Tennis isn't readily available. No, it's not. It is something you have to search for. But then it is old. I think it started in 2001, so. Yeah, but here's the thing. Hulu has the first 50 episodes. Where the fuck's yeah. the rest of it? I don't I don't know. Like, stop pulling a Netflix. 
and get us all the shit that we get, want. Get us the whole thing. I know. Uh, but it, it gets, I will admit, uh, watching Prince of Tennis does get confusing because of the amount of OVAs that are categorized separately from the main show and then all of the, like, the movies and you don't really know where the movie's placement. So if you don't, like, wiki it and figure out which order to watch stuff, you can end up jumping around in the storyline quite a bit. So. Gross. Yeah. Um, although it doesn't ever really spoil anything there because it's not a show that has a massively linear plot. Um, mm-hmm. But you do end up sometimes being like, huh, who's this character that's all of a sudden a beard? And it's because they were introduced in a different episode. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. So I just go by date. That's how I do it. Categorize everything by date. Watch it all that way. I'm totally down to do a... Totally down to do sports month. Why not? Yeah, sports month. Sports month. Na 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 na. Sports month. This sports is just going to turn into we're just going to have themed months whenever yeah. we don't have big releases to cover. <laughs> no, yeah. Because thanks to COVID, like all the big releases have been pushed back. Postponed. Yeah. So we're going to be doing a sports month. A sports month. I'm going to be in Japan. I maybe. I don't know. I'm booked to go to Japan in November, but who the crap knows? Bloody hell. We're going to have to get on a backlog, mate. We will. Good job we have, like, Three months. Well, two months. Two months. Really. <laughs> we have two months. We have like two months and like two weeks. Our planning keeps like getting thrown under the bus though. It does. We're always like, yeah, we're going to record the weekend, get a bonus episode done. And then it doesn't happen for whatever reason. But Or we you know, do it and then we end up losing the next week because something stupid happens. So we have to use our backlogged episode to know, be yeah. the true episode. I know. One but, day we'll get on our shit and it'll be a good day. Yeah, one day we'll get our head out of our asses and be able to piece it together. Yep. But another reason why I was trying to drag out the opening portion as long as possible, there's not a lot of news this week. (gasps) No news? No, there's some news, but very little news. Okay. it's Like, I had to scratch and claw to get this news. Teeny tiny, eeny weeny, yellow polka dot bikini news. I get the reference, but I'm not (laughs) going to acknowledge it. You just did. (laughs) I was hoping you would see the irony with that statement. I did. So, first piece of news. The first. Sadly. Aww. Get the bagpipes ready. Uh, I don't play bagpipes. Oh, well. Sucks I'm suck. not anyway, Scottish! Piece it together. Kiss anime and kiss manga have officially been shut down. Aww. Now, granted, <sighs> I get why. But at the same time, like... Whenever you don't make anime accessible in every country for everyone on streaming services, whether they mm-hmm. just don't want to license it in that country or whatever, it turns into, you know, people reaching out to other sources to be able to... To do so. To be able yeah. to get it. And they're not going to be able to stop that. I mean, I do, like, I don't like, especially for manga, I think I have more of an issue with than anime because like the manga authors don't get as much like if it's a really small time manga they're not going to get as much recognition as and there's like more than anime right it's more saturated in manga as more small time artists that are trying to make it big than in in anime where it's more of a team effort right Mm -hmm. a big production company kind of thing so i do feel like with manga artists especially you should really be trying to if you can't purchase a manga if you read a copy illegally 
try and find like a Patreon or uh, their studio or something and like try and contribute to your favorite manga artists in whatever way is possible for you. But like, I completely get, and with VPNs becoming such a big thing, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to stop everybody. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they need to change their marketing tactics to accommodate that rather than trying to shut everyone down. Mm. They need to allow for people to translate and make a public free translating thing and then put ads on it or something. Well, not only that, but if a streaming service licenses something, then let them be able to license it everywhere. Yeah. Because that should be what the license is for, not necessarily per region. Yeah. Or take Netflix, for example, because Janessa and I were talking about that this week because she was wanting to start Demon Slayer. Yeah. Netflix in Japan has the license to Demon Slayer. And because of Crunchyroll and Funimation, the translation for Demon Slayer is there. But they just aren't going to stick the subtitles for the show on there so therefore even though janessa can watch it she's not going to be able to get the subtitles like fully be able to get it and understand what's going on and i don't understand the purpose behind that like if it's already been translated stop being a lazy fuck and just put it on there yeah like i don't i don't get it like there's just certain stuff there that just kind of gets a little frustrating yeah and i completely get it i especially get it because i mean sometimes it's the production company that's putting the restrictions on it and other times it's the countries themselves that are putting the restrictions on it like Mm -hmm. i know that germany has different censorship laws to a lot of other places in europe and so uh, i've seen like jokes and stuff of like um naruto in germany they like had to redraw the scenes to take out the weapons Mm -hmm. and so it's naruto but there's no like shuriken yeah and, like, I get it because it's marketed at children, but just age-restrict the show. Don't change mm-hmm. the show. Yeah, exactly. Because it didn't make any sense! Or, like, what is what is that really classic one? Is it Pokemon? Where they, they didn't think that anybody would know what an onigiri is, so they... So they call it donuts? Yeah, they call it, the, yeah, a donut. And then there was, I think like it was Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, yeah, and I think it was Yu-Gi-Oh! where they had guns, but they redrew it to finger guns mm-hmm. in America. So I'm just like, what, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, we live in America. We know what guns are. It's in our constitutional rights to own them. Why? I was Why would say, you edit of them all out? Countries, of all countries to censor guns. You, like, this America. is not the one to do it. I was like, <laughs> that's so funny. That's I don't get it. It's so stupid. Or, like, um, the amount of, like, smoking, because in Japan, smoking is illegal i think i don't know i'm not entirely sure about that but i do know that they censor smoking in anime and so they'll put like mysterious white clouds over it or whatever or just like black it out and it's clearly that it's clear that they're still smoking we're getting into different things than than where things are allowed to be shown we're getting into censorship now but i um it just makes me laugh that it was drawn and then they were like, ah, no, sorry, we can't show this. So instead of age restricting it, we're just going to put a giant black box over it or some white clouds that we know they're smoking. So you just added smoke. <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> it's it's very like I'm 100 percent a candidate of, yes, age restrict things for certain groups of people like young children should not be watching things that are blood gore sex violence swearing like they should not be watching horror anime that's like depicting some really crazy stuff you know uh, protect the children 
And also allow people to watch what they're comfortable with. Like, so it's not just about children. It's also like, if, like for instance, I do not want to watch really cringy stuff. It makes me want to vomit. <laughs> so it would be nice to have a restriction on that. Not like a restriction, but like a, a warning being like, hey, this stuff is cringe. Um, I'm never going to get that though. So I'll just live in my misery. But like, <laughs> I think we need to change that kind of censorship to be mm. like, okay, you know, we won't show this anime on TV until after nine o'clock at night. And then it's shown on anime, on, on, on TV. Or we won't mm. put this anime on TV at all, which I don't really see it, ha- it being super necessary. I don't know how much of a thing TV is in Japan right now, but I know at least locally for me and with my friends, none of us have cable. Like, we don't watch TV. So, because, like, I can't watch football, like a premiership, on TV in Canada because they don't show it, so I have to watch it online. Can't watch, like, any of the fight matches, like the boxing or MMA or whatever that I want to watch. It's pay-per-view anyway, so, and you could do that online or on TV. Like, you don't need to do it all on TV, you know? Mm. So I don't watch TV. So I don't know how it is in Japan, but if, like, people aren't watching, if the numbers of TV are decreasing and people aren't watching TV anymore because they're going online for it, is it necessary to broadcast animes on TV? Like, are studios still making enough of a profit by putting stuff on TV over the profit that they're making by streaming online week to week? I guess it would all just come down to what sort of deals they could get with the streaming services that they would be putting their shows on. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you're getting a good enough deal off that versus the television deal, then it would make complete and total sense. Mm -hmm. I have a, like, it makes me curious as to whether any of these larger production companies are seriously thinking about making their own website, their private streaming service, like Netflix or whatever, with just their own anime. And then they can put, like, one season on Crunchyroll or Funimation on Netflix and then hold back season two, season three, season four, etc. So if you want to see the rest, you have to go into their website. Well, it's funny because a lot of the big anime powerhouses are teaming up. And even though they took down kiss anime they're creating a youtube channel to upload their catalog on Mm -hmm. so where you can go on youtube and watch it free although then again for them i guess that would technically make sense because since they own the licenses to those shows they can't be copyright stricken so therefore they can make ad revenue off of what's watched yeah now you have membership as well they can end up with like members who get prime exclusive showings of new episodes or whatever Mm -hmm. so and they can even end up working with YouTube Premium, YouTube Red, and getting mm. a private deal to broadcast that. Yeah, it makes sense to do that. Mm. So... You, could even then, you could go so much with that, though, because you could end up doing like movie nights where you stream a movie from your studio that you don't have uploaded on the site. Like every week, you have like a Friday movie night or something and stream a new movie. And just put Mm -hmm. that on a cycle, you know? Even if you've only got 10 movies, you recycle those 10 movies once a week. You're only playing each one five times a year. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at... What was it? Oh, look at what Disney is doing with Mulan. Mm -hmm. Mulan is going to be coming to Disney Plus before it ever hits theaters. Yeah. Would you pay the $30 for it? Do you think that's a fair price? For me personally, no. Because I wouldn't be... You're not the target audience. Well, no, as a single individual, yeah. it doesn't make sense for me to pay the $30. Right. Because it's, it would cost me less money to go to the theaters and see it myself. Yeah. However, if I decide to 
get together with Walker, Bree, Abby, and a whole group of us and we sit down and watch it, that makes the $30 worth it. Yeah. Because then you're actually getting your money's worth. So it all more or less just depends on how you go about using it. But no, me being by myself, it doesn't make sense. Do you have Disney Plus anyway? I mooch off of Walker and Bree. <laughs> right, okay. Because they mooch off of my Hulu, so it all just kind of evens yeah, itself out. Yeah, because like we don't have Disney Plus, so mm-hmm. we would have to get Disney Plus, which I think is what, $7 a month? Well, I think it's actually free for like the first three months. Probably. Like, it's an extremely long free subscription, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, so it, it's effectively $37 if mm-hmm. you're getting Disney Plus for the movie specifically. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, like it all just, it more or less, you have to justify the means with the end on it as far as whether it's worth seeing it or not. However... If you decide to make a movie night out of it and invite some friends over, it makes sense. Yeah. I know if I was a kid, I would be begging my mom to get it, to let me see it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just going to wait. At this point, I mean, I was watching the, when did the teaser trailer come out? 2018? Something like that. Yeah. I've I've been waiting for this movie since 2018. I can wait until it's free. Well, I'm not, I'm not a cinema individual anyway. Like, there's very little that I'm willing to go to the theater to go watch. Yeah. Except for if it's like an anime exclusive that I'm not going to be able to see for probably a year after it hits theaters, then I don't see the point in going and paying outrageous prices to go watch film, although you and I have had this conversation prior. Mm -hmm. So, but like I said, in that setting, it makes sense. Like, I would totally be fine with getting together with everyone and splitting up the amount and watching it at home because for me that's a better viewing experience yeah i think for me if it was 15 dollars, um absolutely i would get it 30 dollars for me is too much mm-hmm. well it's one of those things too like 15 is about what you'd pay to go to a theater to watch it. yeah yeah and i would i would go to a theater to watch this movie i was planning mm-hmm. on going to the theater to watch the live action mulan and that's very rare considering the last time i went to the movies was 2017 i do not go to the cinema i just don't it's not like a thing that i do and uh, and yeah so it, it's a huge exception for me to go only reason why i go is because mulan was one of my absolute favorite films when i was very very young and I have that like nostalgia connection to it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, uh, th- I don't, I don't, I won't pay thirty dollars for it. Yeah, that's like six coffees at Starbucks. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that's ten coffees at Dunkin'. Actually, it's probably like it's probably like fifteen coffees at Tim's. Let's see here, thirty divided by two point seven nine. Yeah, basically eleven coffees. Yeah, it's probably like I don't know thirteen coffees at Tim's. But are those large coffees? Small coffees. Uh, You're a tiny bean. You probably drink small coffees. No, God no. I drink massive coffees. Uh, that that would probably be a medium. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've been to Tim's. Our local Tim's got shut down for COVID. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's no fun. That's no fun. There are actually a few different cafes in Japan that got shut down for COVID. That was on the news website thingy. Mm-hmm. But we've talked enough about COVID on here, so I didn't want to drag that into the news section. So we got any other news? We do. So the given anime film will add a behind the scenes bonus talk and band video. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. But it's for the opening week in theaters only. So if you're not in there for the first week at the showings, you probably won't get to see it unless you get like a special edition version of the DVD or something. Ah, well, it'll be on YouTube or something in a year or so. 
Yeah, it'll be fun. But I. Do we have a release date on that yet? I didn't look. <gasps> Should I Google it? Let's see here. Given anime film release date. Let's see here. It was originally scheduled for release on May 16th. And then it looks like the rescheduled release date is August 22nd. So this Saturday. Yes. And it doesn't look like it's been pushed back. So this Saturday is the date. Ah, that's exciting. I wonder when it will be on Crunchy. Uh, well, it would technically have to release in theaters over here first, even though that would be a very limited, limited worldwide showing. Yeah. So probably be on Crunchy in a year, give or take. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope. It gets good reviews. Because it's good, not just it gets good reviews, because they're like, eh, good review. Yeah. How about Ashley yeah. gets good reviews? It is a good show. So What's hopefully good? it gets good reviews. Hopefully it comes across the pond really well. Yeah, I agree. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And then finally, last piece of news that I was really interested in talking about on, or that I talked about earlier on stream. We got a we got a little bit of video game news to talk about. And yeah, but uh, a little bit of video video game news. Yeah, just just a little bit. Just an itty bitty, teeny tiny yellow polka dot bikini. You've already made game? this joke. I did. I have to make it a third time to make it funny. Rules of, rule of threes. You have. It was funny the first time. Yeah, but that's that's why it's the rule of threes because it's funny the first time. And the second time, everyone's like, "What?" And then the third time, it's funny again. And then if you go continue, then it's not funny. Then it's not funny, and it's funny again on the sixth. And then if you keep going, it's not funny. It's not funny, and then it's funny again on the ninth. And that's the rule of threes. I quit. <laughs> it's how comedians work. If you watch their jokes, rule of threes. I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> There's science behind it, science of which I do not know. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so we officially have the next DLC character for Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little scrawny Master Roshi has oh. been announced as the next DLC character. That's fun. I don't, I, I meant to look up gameplay footage before we sat down to record this because I was really intrigued to see how he was going to play. Because Fighters is probably one of my favorite, like, current fighter games. Mm -hmm. Because the models are very, like, hyper-animated. But they're still 2D. It's still, like, a 2D side-scroller fighting game. But the models are somewhat 3D. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I really like the art style on it. It's neat. It's nifty. And your boy's kind of a badass. Yeah. So I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed some of the DLC characters that they've been coming out with it as well because they've been incorporating a lot of the characters from Super into it. Like this DLC section has consisted of Kefla and Ultra Instinct Goku, which I haven't actually played because I went without playing my PlayStation for the longest time. But so apparently Kefla was extremely broken. Like she was way too quick and could immediately dash behind people, which I really need to download and try. Because if I could get the hang of that, Coda, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I will destroy you anyway. But yeah, I'm excited to see how he plays because like I said, it's the scrawny version of him. So I don't I don't know yeah. how well it's going to translate. I don't know what that's going to do. But however, if he has a power up where he goes like super buff and is able to wreck shit, I will enjoy that very much. Just give him some spinach. What sort of Popeye reference is that? <laughs> <laughs> I will call you on your bullshit. <laughs> okay. Oh. Is that it for the for the news? That is. That is it for the news. 
on to Violet Evergarden. So, Hank, okay, but before you go off, let me get through the background info. Okay. I know what you've been waiting for. I know you've been waiting three weeks I've to already, be able to I explode. Think if anybody's listened to the past three weeks about the podcast, you guys are well aware of the rant that it has already happened on these podcasts. Um, so I will just be reiterating previous points. So, background. I feel like there's not a lot to say. Kyoto Animation. Mm-hmm. If you are unfamiliar with Kyoto Animation, some of the words that are trying to come out of my mouth but aren't. Anyway, so some of the works that they've done are actually some of the most phenomenally animated shows that you'll ever see. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are, like, they have some slice of life, but with slight supernatural tones to them, I guess. I don't know what kind of words I'm trying to use. Anyway. You have The Melancholy of Harui Suzumiya, which is actually a phenomenal uh, sci-fi slice of life. Except for, have I went off on a tangent about this before? I'm not sure. Because I feel like I have. But if not, I'm going to go off on it again. So, it had... Actually, I think I know when I went off on this tangent. I think I went off on this tangent whenever we talked about ReZero. Because, you know, whenever in ReZero, whenever Subaru would die, he would... Like, come back to a checkpoint and we'd relive, you know, the same days over and over again three or four times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. This show had eight of them, but it was the same day or the same episode repeated. It was either six or eight fucking times. But it was the most minuscule of changes every time Mm -hmm. to the point where, like, during the second episode, I thought I was losing my fucking mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) whenever I was watching it. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. I was like, did 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 I just rewatch the same episode again? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, like that was slightly different. But then I watched the third episode, and it started the exact same way, and it was just slight changes again. I was royally confused. Mm-hmm. And Kyoto Animation was the people who made that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they've done that one. They've done Kaon. They've done Hioka, which is another like show that's very similar to the vein of. Harui, but it's better and less psychologically sci-fi. But it was a phenomenal slice of life. Um, Sound Euphonium is another music one that they've done that's extremely good and is actually, so what we had talked about covering for Music Month next month, Liz and the Bluebird. Yeah. Liz and the Bluebird is a spinoff film off of Sound Euphonium. Right, okay. I get the spinoff of two of the characters that are in it. And, of course, what we talked about last week in the news, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. It's the same studio that made it and was actually the last work that the studio did before Violet Evergarden came out. Right, okay. So, yeah, they do some top-notch work, and I'm very excited to see what's going to come out of it. What I thought was pretty interesting was that um, Kyoto Animation didn't just make the anime they also published the light novel Mm -hmm. of violet evergarden yeah that was extremely it was really weird to see that yeah it's more common than not the publishing of either the manga or the light novels that animes are based off of is a affiliate or just completely separate company to um the animation studios Mm -hmm. so the light novel was actually written by kana akatsuki and illustrated by akiko takase 
Um, and there was four volumes of it, and it came out between 2015 and 2020. I really want to read those light novels now, because I'm yeah. curious. I I wouldn't mind reading them. I'm still mad at the series, but I wouldn't mind reading them. But yeah, the anime was, uh, the, the series was directed by Taichi Ishidate and produced by a bunch of people. Quite a few producers on it. The some of the prior works Ishidate was he's done the key animations for a good bit of Inuyasha, mm-hmm. along with he did some of the storyboard episode directing and key animation on Harui Suzumiya. Did some episode directing on Clanad, which I've actually heard is really good. I just know nothing about it. Yeah, I, I'm unfamiliar. But. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's good detective work. Go me. Go you. <laughs> but okay, that's all. Um... Well, uh, it was yeah. Violet Evergarden was also written by well, the the series was written by Reiko Yoshida. Music by Evan Cole. We'll get into music later because I know we both enjoy talking about that. And its original run was from January 11th, 2015 to April 5th, 2015, 2018. I'm sorry. January 11th, 2018 to April 5th, 2018 with 13 episodes plus an OVA. There are a couple of films as well, but uh, yeah, we're not going to get it get into those today oh shit you know what reiko yoshida worked on that's gonna make another one of our listeners really happy what they wrote the storyboard for tokyo mew mew (laughs) of course they did (laughs) oh shit we're never gonna hear the end of this now we're not not. why did you have to mention that it could have been left in the dark i can edit that out But another thing that they work on that I really want to talk about for a second. So they wrote A Silent Voice. Oh, okay. You watch so much stuff that makes you cry. And it's never my intention. Like, I don't go into shit going, ah, be a little crybaby. Yeah, but you're like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie about a deaf girl and about a bully. And like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a happy watch. Look, okay, the animation style is phenomenal. Just watch anime about bread. You are Aren't I want to watch an anime about me? Oh, ha, ha. ha my nickname is Bread. Ha, what do you want? Ha, ha, hey, ha. look, your, my your puns... from me is Bard because I can't type. Hey, my jokes should be the yeast of your worries. That was kind of crusty, dude. Eh, I've had worse. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. Let's get uh, into the episode discussion or we are going to be here all night. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Episode one of Violet Evergarden of the season, the CLEs. Wait, uh, wait, spoiler chicken hat. Ah, I forgot to put the, oh, it's, I haven't even done an overall, uh, we are all over the place. Overall description of Violet Evergarden uh, is about a young, it's Violet Evergarden, it's about a young girl, Violet, who is about 14 years old. She is ex-military and went through some really traumatic PTSD type stuff while fighting in a war in the military, raised in that kind of environment, or like as far as we're aware. And it's about her. The war is now over. There's a f- like a few rebels and stuff that are trying to kick up a fuss, but the war is pretty much over. And um, it's about her trying to adjust to civilian life and... Uh, she ends up working for a man who was um, in the army as well. And he was a friend of the major who 
took care of her. And um, this guy runs a newspaper agency, a mail place. I was going to say that he, he took care of the newspaper. The, I was well, unaware of this. Mail. He did. He does mail and things of posting type such things. Um, and he has a group of, of um, young ladies specifically who are what are called auto memory dolls. And basically, they are typographers. Is that what it is? They Maybe. are people who depict what somebody wants to say. Because a lot of these people are illiterate. It's based kind of back in the day. Not super back in the day. But back in the day to where people are more illiterate is also not based in our world because of the technology that they have. But um, yeah, kind of back in the day-ish. And so there are people that are illiterate and they obviously want to get letters down. So these auto-memory dolls transcribe what people are saying onto paper and they have to have the skill of being able to depict the emotion of what a person is trying to say and put that into words on the page. They also do things like business letters and things like that. But it's a story about Violet, who's got all of this past trauma, trying to understand emotions from her own perspective by learning through the emotions that other people have that she is putting on paper as she joins this group of auto-memory dolls. Background funny thing outside of the podcast my phone keeps lighting up saying hey you should be watching blue lavender stream right now on twitch <laughs> that's funny <laughs> it knows it knows but yeah so, spoiler chicken hat spoiler chicken hat put on your chicken hats guys if you do not wish to be spoiled good riddance no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> uh if you do not want to spoilers i do not recommend that you continue listening um, I recommend that you go watch the show, then turn around and bring your ass on back and listen to the rest of this, where we discuss it. If you do like spoilers, then you can keep on listening. And if you've already seen the show, then, I mean, I guess you can leave if you want to, but I recommend you stay. I, please stay. Don't leave us. <laughs> Episode one, I love you and the auto memory dolls. So we are introduced to a beaten up young woman named Violetta. Uh, Violet, who grew up in the army. She is searching for her major, whom she considers herself a weapon for. Wait, hang on, hang on. Where does the general keep his armies? <laughs> By his sideies? In his sleeveies. In his sleeveies. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's such a stupid joke. Um... <laughs> But yeah, she's I'm searching sorry. for a major who she considers herself a weapon for. She doesn't even consider herself human. She is just a weapon. She has no emotion, no concept of emotion. It's just walls, empty shell. She is a weapon. And the war is now over, though. And she is placed in the care of a former sergeant who runs a post office. Um, and she has two metal cybery arms that she is just adapting to using because she didn't really know how to use them, considering they were blown off. And yeah, but despite her new metal arms, making it really hard for her to write, she wishes to join the Auto Memory Dolls. So basically, the first episode is her, him picking her up from the hospital, taking her around places, realizing that she doesn't fit with other people, that she's not going to do well there. So him kind of taking her under his wing and taking her to the post office, where he then... Um, tries to put her into delivery first, but then she learns about the auto-memory dolls and she wants to join them. So she ends up joining the auto-memory dolls who transcribe letters for those who can't write for themselves. And uh, she wants to try and find... The reason why she's doing that is because she can see that they are depicting people's emotions and she doesn't understand emotions. Specifically, she doesn't understand the meaning of the last words that the Major ever spoke to her 
which is I love you. Episode one over. Introduction. What did you think? Opening the show, that's what you see. Young girl, considers herself a weapon, void of emotion, trying to figure out what the words of love mean. So, I remember being over at Eric's apartment at the time whenever they finally released the trailer for this show. And it was just a very short, I think it was like 20 second teaser trailer. And from that moment on, like, I had to know everything about the show. Like, I just could not wait for it. And then they finally released it on Netflix. But at the time, Netflix did not simulcast to the U.S., so they would not release it week to week. So the show finished, and I was big sad because I had to avoid spoilers for months. Because even after it finished, I still had to wait. So I finally got to sat down and binge it whenever it was finally released in the U.S., and I was immediately captivated in the first episode by the animation style, the story they were trying to tell, and I also wanted to know how this character who, you know, just had not or could not feel emotion was going to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. And especially with her just wanting to know what those words meant, I was very curious to see how all of that was going to take place and how all that, like how they were going to go about, like just showing her grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just captivated from the time the show started. Mm -hmm. I agree. I uh, hadn't seen this show before we decided to review it for the podcast and it's very I would say, like, it's it's very emotionally, like, captivating very quickly. Because you you pity her Mm -hmm. really badly. And you don't want to, like, nobody wants to pity someone. It feels insulting to pity someone. And it feels insulting to be pitied. You don't want to pity someone. But you just almost can't help it the way that they frame it. Mm -hmm. And it's her character growth is really phenomenal. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's. It's very emotionally exhausting. The show is emotionally exhausting. Yes, especially... So how many times did you cry in this show? I actually don't know if I kept count. I didn't put a note, so probably a couple of times. So I can tell you exactly when I cried, because it was episode 10. But in general, like, this entire show is just exhausting. Because it does, like, it sucks you in. Cry count... A couple of times. Uh, it, I, it's like in amongst my notes, so I can't get a full count. Um, we will see as we go. Yeah, like it it really is an emotionally draining show because it it's a whirlwind of emotions. And now, granted, I know why you're going to rant, and I do 100% get that. But outside of that, the show's a whirlwind of emotions, and it just it's just captivating the way that it tells it. Yeah. For me, if... The one thing about this show wasn't there. This show would be, I would be rating it really high, like nine out of 10 high. The one thing in this show knocks it down to like a four or a five for me. I cannot get past it and it ruins the show for me, which sucks. But like, yeah, so I'm just putting that out there already because I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It ruined the show. But anyways, episode two, Never Coming Back. Major Gilbert bought Violet a brooch because she said the emerald reminded her of his eyes, but it was taken from her belongings while she's, whilst she was in hospital. But the president managed to get it off of the black market, but it, it cost him his paycheck. Erica stands up for Violet even though... Okay, so Erica is another one of the auto memory dolls. 
And she, this episode's kind of about her and her not really understanding Violet. The other girls in the Auto-Memory Dolls, they are like, why is she a thing? Like, why is she here? We have to transcribe emotions and she doesn't understand emotions. Why is she here? And they were about to, like, they don't want her to be an Auto-Memory Doll. But Erica kind of has doubt in herself about whether or not she can be an auto-memory doll because she's not doing as well as the other two. And so she's kind of like doubting herself, but something happens that I can't remember and I didn't put in my notes. And Erica ends up gaining respect for Violet. Um, And then, so then when the others are like, hey, we should, you know, get Violet out of here for being an auto-memory doll because she doesn't get memories, Erica ends up standing up for her. Oh yeah, uh, because of a love letter. Erica was writing a love letter, but Violet was like, I'll just write it because she wanted to get practice. And it ended up causing a lot of trouble. And Erica ends up believing in Violet. She's she she likes Violet, and and she feels like she's not fit for the job. So if she's not fit for the job, then how can she say that Violet isn't either? The major isn't coming back, but the president doesn't have the heart to tell Violet either. So he's like, yeah, major's dead. The general, sorry, is he general? General major? What is he? Major. 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 He isn't coming back. He did. But the president is not telling Violet. He doesn't have the heart to tell her. So she's like, when is he coming to collect me? When is he coming back? And the major is just like, oh, he's away. And like keeping her hopes up rather than just being like, no, he died in the fight where you lost both your arms, which is frustrating. You want to just be like, just tell her. But with, like, could you imagine how if in the first episode, whenever he asked or whenever Violet asked Hodgins if or where the major was if he had told her that that gilbert was dead could you imagine like what could have possibly have happened yeah i still don't like the idea of i mean when she's at a hospital i i I mean is there a right way to go about these situations i don't think there is however i think at least waiting for her to get to a later point to where maybe she's a little bit more i guess stable yeah. Kind of made a little bit more sense, because telling her then, like, I could only imagine it would have been a bloodbath. I just, I think he waited too long. He should have told her, rather than her finding out. Because that, that's what happened in the end, wasn't it? That she ended up finding out and then confronting him, and I feel like it should have come from him. Yeah, it should have, instead of, uh, Miss Evergarden. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting but ahead of ourselves. We are getting ahead of ourselves. It's, uh, but like, there's so many things that do intertwine with the story because it does have a lot of like flashback moments. Mm. I'm sorry if my notes are kind of vague this week. This was when my wrist was really hurting. So my notes are kind of more uh, quick (laughs) and not as detailed. So I am trying to remember back, but it was a little while ago that I watched the show. And I have conveniently misplaced my notes because I don't know where the fuck I put that notebook. (laughs) It was here and now it's not. And I don't know where it is. It's a skull. I spent good money on that notebook, too. Done. It better not be your Yuli and April one. No, it is not my Yuli and April one, because that one is, like, so tiny. I couldn't actually take notes in that. (laughs) Honestly, you know what I use that for? What? Like, my D&D notes to keep up with, because I barely had to write in it. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Could you imagine Yuli and April in a D&D setting? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. 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 Roll for cure. Like, no. (laughs) That one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's not good. It's not good. No, okay. <laughs> Episode three. Um, may you be an exemplary auto-memory doll. That is such a hard word to say. Exemplary. But haven't you tried to call me exemplary as a co-host before and butcher it? Maybe. 
don't know. Sounds familiar. Anyway. You calling yourself exemplary then? I don't know, mate. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I, I know how special I am. <laughs> not very. Anyway. Aww. <laughs> You're incredibly special. Don't lie to me. <laughs> um, Violet goes to a qualification school so as to gain a pin to show that she's like a qualified auto memory doll. You can be an auto memory doll without the pin, but if you have the pin, it's like you are the elite of the elite, the best of the best. You have gone to the school, you've gotten your qualifications from a really mean teacher who's kind of scary, and you are now able to like, mm, I have fancy pin, look at me, kind of thing. And she absolutely blows the competition away with her incredibly fast typing ability because of the fact that she has literal robotic arms and like all kinds of like, like she's, she, all of the grammar, spelling, all that kind of stuff, all of the technical stuff, she is elite at. Um, so has, she blows the water, blows the class out of the water. However, she still struggles connecting with a client. And when they're doing like a practice letter, she, t- she writes it down like a, like a, Military report. Yeah, military report. And she ends up acquiring a friend in a fellow student there, and she is able to discern that student's concern for her older brother, who blames himself for the death of his parents during the war. Basically, what happened was that he was stationed in an area that wasn't too far outside of where they were living, and um, he kind of had it pretty chill during the war. You know, he, he wasn't in on the front lines or anything he was just stationed in this one area um and then his parents end up going on holiday to that area because it was pretty chill there and she stayed at home behind but whilst they were on holiday there there was an attack unexpectedly and the brother's troop got wiped out and uh, he managed to survive, but with a long-term leg injury, I believe it is. They never really talk about it, but he uses a, a walking stick. Um, he manages to survive, but his parents were unfortunately killed in the attack. Um, and she, so it's just the two of them now, and he blames himself. He has been drinking all the time, getting beaten up, um, not working. He's really not doing well after that experience. And so this young girl is having a lot of concern for older brother, um, and Violet being able to tell Violet ends up being able to tell him that his sister is happy that he's alive and doesn't blame him and and that actually ends up that she does that just kind of off her own back not for school because she's already been said hey you you don't get the pin because she couldn't transcribe emotion down um and so like she thinks that she's that's it she's not gonna get the pin it's not happening so she does this kind of off of her own back and ends up earning a pin because the school finds out about it because the friend tells the school um, and uh, she still kind of struggles. She does not understand what the major went through. She's still struggling with her own emotions, but she's starting to be able to understand other people's now. So can we talk about how badass of a name her friend has, though? I don't remember her friend's name. Luculia. Oh, that is a badass name. Like I, <laughs> The first time I watched it, I was just like, Damn! That's a nice-ass name, Yvonne. You get it? You get the reference? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I took a massive gulp of water just as you said that. I was like, uh-huh, I have the reference, but I can't say that I do. <laughs> I was hoping for a giggle, but no. <laughs> no, you just got me trying not to choke. Um. <laughs> you know what? Accomplishment. Accomplishment. I'll take that over a giggle. 
<laughs> Either that or I, I hate you. <laughs> or my personal favorite that I get from Dakota all the time. Brad, why are you like this? <laughs> why are? Why even do are? What even do is? English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Parlez-vous <laughs> uh, français? Yo hablo inglés. I don't even know what I said in French. I mean, I know français is French, but I don't know what I said before it. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Doch. I feel like my brain just imploded by Fräulein. asking you a question in Fräu German and then I get hit Fräulein. with Russian. <laughs> so you answer me with Russian and then you switch to German? Uh-huh. <sighs> are, are you just saying things in random languages? I'm trying to, I don't know. You know, when you live in Europe and then you live in Canada and you take Spanish class in Canada for some reason, even though it's a bilingual country between French and English. I know a little bit of everything. I learned German in school in the UK. I learned French in middle school here. I learned Spanish in um, high school. I then learned, uh, I've been learning a little bit of Japanese by myself. And then I just lived in Europe. So like, other languages just attacked my brain as well. I know nothing of none of them except for tiny pieces. So I'm about intermediate, where it's intermediate in Spanish. And I know like very slight conversational stuff in Japanese. So my brain likes to get them confused. Spanish and Japanese. Well, it's weird because i'd understand like spanish french and italian getting them all confused well i look okay i'm not gonna sit here and try to explain how my brain works because even i don't know how it works <laughs> and i have to live with this damn thing okay <laughs> I, I have to live with it you know but so i'll I... be sitting there talking to one of our contractors at work and we deal with a decent hispanic or a decent amount of hispanic clientele Mm -hmm. And so me trying to be as accommodating as humanly possible because I want that extra dollar raise, I try to, you know, speak with them or at least the ones that I know well enough to be comfortable to try to use my limited amount of Spanish with and try to take their order and interact with them in Spanish. Well, mm -hmm. my brain has a tendency to try to switch over to Japanese mid-conversation of, like, asking them how they're doing and everything. And if it switches over, I can't get it back. <laughs> they're just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, they'll ask me something, and instead of being like, K, okay, for what? I'll be like, Nani. And then from there, it immediately switches to where I have to go to English. Because from that point on, no Spanish will come out of my mouth for the rest of the transaction. <laughs> I don't understand why. But I cannot get my brain to go back. That's really funny. <laughs> my brain is broken. Please help. My brain is so broken that I have a, a Hello Kitty stress donut that smells like strawberries um, attached to my wall. That's a statement right there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where, where is she going with this? Oh, I was just <laughs> punching it the whole time you were talking. I'm entertained. <laughs> I see I see what my conversations mean to you. No, I have to do something with my hands, otherwise I that sounded real bad. Um, <laughs> I have to be distracted so I can listen, otherwise my brain will wander. But if I'm like doing something else, small, like playing with a stress ball or something, then I can pay attention to what you're saying. But otherwise 
I don't. And that's an ADD thing. I'm not. Looking I'm... at someone and being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then being like, what did you say? <laughs> I'm not allowed to fidget during podcasts anymore. I was scolded because of our last session. You need to get like a silent stress ball or something. Because that's all I've been doing. Because it's just a squishy donut. Like, you know those squishies? Mm-hmm. Just get some squishies. I feel like Finding Nemo would be okay with a squishy. Uh Am I thinking of the right film? Dory, yeah. Yep, okay. I was like, is that right? Is that Dory? It is right. (laughs) Okay. Ah. You are my squishy, and you shall be my squishy. Me big brain. Yeah. Oh. Um, Episode four. You won't be a tool, but a person worthy of that name. Episode four. You won't be a tool, but a person worthy of that name. Violet goes to with Iris, who is another girl in the auto memory doll bud system, goes to her hometown where um, Iris hurts her wrist because she's walking in high heels and she falls over. And she's she was called there. Iris was called there um, by her parents, but they put it under her like great grandmother's name or something. And she was like, I have a, a letter to write while I'm here. Um, and her parents were like, just kidding, it was us. And then Iris is like, not cool. Iris's family are, yeah, so they are, while she's there, they're like, hey, it's your birthday, we're going to throw your birthday party. And they're like, okay, we're going to set you up with a marriage partner, pick a boy while you're here, and then you're going to come home and settle down, and you're not going to be one of those city girls anymore, you're going to live in the country and birth children. <coughs> and, um, oh, I'm so glad my parents are not like that. <laughs> um... <laughs> And Iris is pissed. Rightly so. I agree with her on everything throughout this entire... Her her family is not cool. Like, don't do that. Don't be like, okay, yeah, leave your career that you're enjoying. Come here and find someone to marry. Like, no, stop it. Um, (laughs) But anyway, it's her birthday. So they invite a bunch of bachelors. And one of the bachelors they invite was her childhood friend. But when he comes, she doesn't know that he's there. She actually profusely said, do not send him an invitation. Uh, and he comes and he sees her. She sees him. She goes, what are you doing here? And he was like, I was invited. So now she's pissed. But then she's also like, no, but seriously, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm sorry. And you can obviously tell there's like some heated tension between them. And she like loses her crap and runs up to her bedroom. And she's like, party's over. I'm done. Like, I do not want to be here. I didn't want this to happen in the first place. Like, this is a whole, like, I'm uncomfortable. And... Violet then says that she was the one who sent the invitation to him because her parents requested it and they were the one who requested the writer. The reason why Violet went with her at the end was because Iris hurt her wrist, so Violet was going to transcribe for her and Iris was going to be the one to actually write the letter because she was specifically requested. So Violet ended up going and she writes letters, the invitations. Because, but her family doesn't actually know that one of the reasons why she ended up going to the city why Iris, Iris went to the city was because she had actually told him previously that she liked him. And he was like, now nah, you're like my sister. And so then she's heartbroken and humiliated from having confessed and him being like, no. And then she leaves and then she comes back and her parents are like, hey, marriage proposal, find a guy. And they specifically invite him. And she's like, no, like what? I, I was rejected by him. What do you, what do you, but of course her parents don't know. Violet ends up writing letters to all of the party goers and her parents, basically apologizing for Iris for ending the party early. But then she apologizes to her parents being like, I'm sorry 
for acting out. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, Iris. I don't think you did anything wrong. I mean, maybe you were a little bit dramatic, but like, I I still don't, I think her parents put her in an incredibly uncomfortable position. Agreed. I don't think she should have been the one to apologize. No, not at all. Don't try and make people marry each other. They don't want to. Also agreed. But yeah, okay. Iris ends up forgiving our family, which I understand, but like, I'm still mad at them. I'm mad at them on your behalf, Iris. Don't worry, we uh, feel your pain. But uh, Violet ends up kind of learning more about Iris and about human emotions. And she's becoming more accustomed to the fact that she can say to someone, I don't understand what you mean because you said something, but you meant another. And I didn't get the second meaning. I only took what you said at face value. And so she's learning to be able to actually articulate that and to be able to to like know that there's something underlying, but she just doesn't know what the underlying thing is. Violet is a human trying to understand text messages, but with real life. You know what's really sad? I was huh. I was on the internet the other day, shock, um, <laughs> and there was one of these posts that was just like, if you can understand this, then you're like Gen Z or something. I don't know what it was. It was like, if you can understand this, then you're a loser. You know those ones? You're mm-hmm. a butterfly yeah. if you know what this means. But it was just letters, and it's it was the letters of... I love you so much, but I'll never tell you because I know you don't like me back. Yeah, because I know you don't like me back. That was the, the sentence, but it was just the first letters of every, every single one. But because you know I love you so much, and you know I know, like the uh, IDK, because uh, I, I don't know what it was, but like you, you know some of the letter phrases, you can fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. And so I just sat there and I looked at like alphabet, and I was just like, that's a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at it. That's a sentence. That's, well, I read it. I knew what it meant. It was like 10 letters next to each other. And I just knew it. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. And it was just the first letter of every word. Although as many times as I've seen those, I don't think I've ever seen somebody refer to me as a butterfly for understanding <laughs> what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, they're always ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, if you if you know what this reference is, then you're a 90s kid. It's like, okay... I mean, I was I was born in in the nineties, but I was born in such the late nineties that I do not remember it. Like, you know, what was it that you said to me the other day on the podcast? Whenever I just finally got to you, <laughs> I don't know, mate. Speaking of random thing for the podcast, I know what gets on Blue's nerves more than anything, as far as a phrase goes. Mm-hmm. Hey, is for horses. Mm. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> Fuck off! I that no no I'm not doing that. Oh, I have a story about this as well. Okay, I because I'm honestly curious as to why this phrase gets on your nerves so much. So let's go back to seventh grade. Okay, I was in middle school, obviously. <laughs> really, I had really? no idea. All right, um, and I went to a classroom with a girl that I was kind of acquainted with. I feel like she was a friend of a friend group that I didn't really... Ass- you know, like when you're like, you 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 know each other, but you don't know each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yep. I wouldn't have to introduce myself to her if I was to like be in the classroom. But I also, like if there was an empty seat next to her, I'd feel comfortable sitting there. But like I wouldn't actively go there, not because she was like mean or anything, just because I didn't know her. But I'd have been okay, like, sitting there. I wouldn't have been uncomfortable next to her or whatever. And she was the kind of girl who just was really 
like, blunt about stuff. Not to a fault or anything. I guess a little bit to a fault, but, like, not offensively. I don't know. She wasn't rude. She was just blunt. And so she would say things, like, as soon as they popped into her head. And so a couple of times she said things that got on my nerves because it would be like, oh, you look, I hate that t-shirt, you know? I mean, I guess that's kind of rude. But, like, it was just things that she just said. And I know mm-hmm. she didn't have any venom behind them. Like, like, and usually they didn't bother me because it was opinion-based stuff. So it was like, I don't care that you don't like my shirt. Uh-huh. Like, um, but a couple of times she said things that did bother me. And it wasn't like I ever hated her or anything, but they were enough for me to, like, be sassy back and for us to, like, have... I'm not going to say aggression because it never got to that point. And I don't think it ever would have. But it was just like, like. Slightly aggressive banter. Yeah. Just like, you know, getting on each other's nerves. We just weren't each other's kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time I said, hey, how are you? Every single time she would respond back with, hey, it's for horses. And I'd never heard it before. It's not something I'd ever heard in Britain. It's not something I'd ever heard up until that point in Canada. Never heard it before. She's the only person besides you that I've ever heard say it. And I had, I just ended up saying it intentionally to get that response from her. Just be like, hey, hey, hey. Because it aggravated me so much that she would say it every single time. I was like, you know what I'm saying. It's not, It's I'm not saying anything that is, like, I'm not saying a grammatically incorrect send. Like, what do you want me to say? Good morrow to you. Like, what do you want me to say? Oh, look at the dawn. Isn't it such a beautiful morning, this horrible day at middle school? Like, no. I come in, I'm going to be like, hey, mate, how are you? Like, it pissed me off so much to the point where now, whenever I hear that phrase, it's like, it's like Pavlov. I hear that phrase, I want to punch something. It's... It so makes me mad. It makes me so mad. <laughs> I'm pleased. <laughs> it's I I think what it is is that I think it was um there was a in her mind she was correcting my grammar, but in my mind she was patronizing me. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I don't think that she got how it came across to me, and I definitely wasn't very explanatory <laughs> towards the situation. I was a middle school idiot. Um, So I wasn't exactly like, hey, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Please don't say it. I was just like, I'm going to make you say it a thousand times now. (laughs) Because I was a little shit. Um, (laughs) What? You know. Yeah. I was like, but it, oh yeah, it makes me so mad because she knew exactly what I was saying. And it's not like, I mean, we weren't on, if I was meeting her grandmother, I probably wouldn't be like, hey, how are you? You know? But we were peers of the same group using the same slang. Why is she correcting my grammar? It made me so mad. Anyway, now whenever I hear that, I I get genuinely angry. Well, it's... So quick. <laughs> it's like, I realize that it bothers you, but it's such a... It's ingrained into me as just like a throwback anytime somebody says hey to me. Like, it's an instinctive response. And I know that we're like siblings as well, so you want to find those things to piss me off because that's what siblings do. And like, I get it, but I'm gonna find something and get you back. You have to be aware of that, okay? Because I am, I am a little sister in real life and in this relationship, okay? So I will find the thing and I will take full advantage. Well, it's funny because you think you already know the thing, 
and yet it doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's when I call you a sock, isn't it? Uh, I run out of ideas. <laughs> no, I just figured you would think that it's whenever you actually use my name. Ah, oh, no, I hadn't, that didn't occur to me. And yet that legitimately doesn't bother me. I just like to act like it does. Braddle Deedle Dandy. Honestly, that's full yes. Name. That's, that's his full name, guys. It's Braddle Deedle Dandy. Please only refer to me as this, but it's only acceptable if senpai and or your highness is added to the end of it. <laughs> Braddle Deedle Dandy, <laughs> the jester. I mean, really though, <laughs> if this were medieval times, there are only two jobs suitable for me. Yeah. King. Oh, okay. And Jester. <laughs> um, yeah, via my bloodline, uh, I wouldn't even be a scullery maid. I'd be in the workhouse. Nah, mate, you could be a Jester too. <laughs> nah, mate, they they got to be in the palace. I I was I would be in the shit in the streets. Bloodline <laughs> was poor. Nah, mate, you're funny. You could tell the jokes. I wouldn't. I. If we were in medieval times, I wouldn't have any teeth. <laughs> That's a true fact. <laughs> At least not my front ones. They'd be gone. I had a pun that I was about to hit, and then it just escaped me. Oh, no. Like, for some reason, like, <laughs> there is a tooth pun there, and then it's gone. I can't think of any. I, it might have been an incisors joke. Well, I... <laughs> I was going to say, I guess your problems are probably slightly more deeply rooted than you would think. And I was like, I also use that for trees. That one's no good. <laughs> yeah, we're just falling into a cavity of jokes here. <laughs> so why do they call it a toothbrush rather than a teeth brush? I've been saying this for years. Because Genuinely. Like, <laughs> the brush... Gets can... your teeth, it clears your teeth, it is plural. I, I'm with you, well, I'm not only fully that, with you. But the brush is large enough to where it, does, it doesn't teeth. only brush one tooth. Yeah, unless you're at a dentist and they have the single toothbrush. But that can then be referred to as a toothbrush when you're specifically at the dentist. But if you have a big head of the brush, it is a teeth brush. Why is it called floss? Like, what the hell's with that? Yeah, what what the fuck is floss? Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> why, why can't it just be teeth spaghetti? That's even worse. Take that back. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Why not? <laughs> because that made me think of not not floss. It made me think of each tooth being a long noodle and like hairing your mouth out. <laughs> like Futurama, the dude from Futurama, but it's your teeth. <laughs> and they're really long and skinny. Could you imagine that you're just trying to chew something, but your teeth are all wobbly and really long and hang out your mouth? That's horrible. I don't want to imagine that. Why am I picturing that so bad? That's not okay. What have you done? I have broken blue. I have accomplished everything. I swear I am. I don't even know, mate. Okay, let's continue or else this podcast is going to be five freaking miles long. Episode five. You write letters that bring people together? Question mark. A 14-year-old princess for is engaged to a 24-year-old prince. Side note, I know I just said that we need to get on with this, but did you know that, like, during the, like, 
20s when they started discovering old corsets from like the 1600s and stuff because it was the body type at the time to be really really skinny they just got rid of all of the ancient old plus size corsets which is why we got the idea in our mind that we used to lace ourselves up to be super super tiny but that's not actually factual they just got rid of all of the plus size corsets because they were like nah there were only skinny people in the past and they like changed all of our history and we're really just like yeah that's a fun thing um that is that is an interesting fact. Yeah, it's not true at all. They just, because of the beauty standard at the time, that they were discovering all of these really old corsets again, they got rid of all of the plus size ones. Huh. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyways, 14-year-old princess engaged to a 24-year-old man. It's creepy. They <laughs> are writing public letters to each other so as to increase the relationship between the two countries. Basically, they were two countries that were separate in the war. Now that the war is over, they're uniting these countries through this marriage to be able to fully get rid of any people that are trying to stir up some rebellious kind of like sparks going again. Um, Charlotte is the writer for The Young Princess who um, is writing writing these letters to her prince that are basically put in the public for the public to swoon over um, about how romantic it is. It's not romantic. And yeah, and they're like swooning over it. And Damien, who is the prince, is using another memory doll to write his letters as well. Um, and But because that he's using a memory doll, the letters sound really disingenuous to the princess, um, Charlotte, who, because she's like, you know, he's not writing his letters. Does he really love me? He probably doesn't even love me. He doesn't care about me because of the fact that this was just kind of all set up for our countries to be at peace. But then Violet convinces them and the other auto memory doll who actually is from her circle of, of auto memory dolls to actually write for themselves. Um, and so they do for a little bit and all the people are just like, no, that's not what you're supposed to say. That's they And they're like, all the townspeople are like, no, you, that's not you. What? Uh, but they end up writing letters to themselves publicly. And they first met at her, brace yourselves, the first time they met was at her 10th birthday party. <laughs> he was 20. And it's not they, okay. They, she fell in love with him then. He fell in love with her then. Anyway, they fall in love and they get married and it all goes really well. And they have a cute, rela- like, meh. And then, but she, she does have a cute relationship with her maid. And Violet smiles. So... But oh my god, no, we're not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm, you cannot, because the way that they do it, it's not like, if they did it, if they had done this episode to where it was like, strictly for politics, it was, they didn't care for each other. He was mad that he was marrying a child. She was mad that she was marrying an adult. If they had done it that way, I wouldn't have been okay with it because it's not okay, but at least you would understand because it's a political thing that they have to do for the two countries so there's no more war and there's death everywhere. It's still not okay in any means, but the way that they did this episode, they're trying to make you, like the, the way that they set this episode up, they're trying to make you okay with it. They're trying to make you not just okay with it, want it between them. They're trying to make you fall in love with their romance and want them to be together. That's how they try and frame it for you as a viewer so that you try and feel those, that's what they want you to feel. That's not okay. Don't try and make me okay with a relationship between a 14-year-old and a 24-year-old where they get married. No, I'm not doing this. It's not cool. Okay, I'm calm now. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to let you get it out. 
I have, I, I, that's the thing that absolutely, it destroyed this show for me. I couldn't watch the rest of it because like Violet is 14 as well. And you know that she has this relationship with um, the major, but, and you know that he said that he loves her, but throughout it, you're kind of debating on whether or not he's saying that he loves her like a, a a brother or a dad, or if he's saying it romantically, if he's saying it romantically, I'm also not cool with that because she is also 14 and he is not. Don't know how old he is, but he's clearly not under the age of 18. And the thing about this is, the thing about both of these circumstances is, if they wanted it to be romance between Violet and, and Major, it doesn't change the story in any way whatsoever to make them 18 years old. It does not affect the story at all, even slightly. I can't think of one plot point that would change just by making them 18. I agree. Like, whole... And, in fact, had they done that, that would have taken away my other main complaint with the show. Because I agree with you mm-hmm. in that it's not okay. In mm-hmm. the slightest. Mm-hmm. But also, my main other bitch and complaint about the show is how they keep referring to Violet as a child. Yeah. And it's blatant. Yeah. To where, and I mean, had they not told us Violet's age, like had Violet not flat out been, like flat out told us that I'm not 100% certain because I'm an orphan, but they seem to think I'm around 14. Yeah. You would assume because the way that she's drawn and animated that she's probably around the age of 18. Yeah. Especially with her long history, like her backstory, because like the amount of years that she spent in training, plus the amount of years that she was in the military for, plus the amount of years that the war was, you would think that, I mean, what, did they start training her at four? But then when you go to the flashbacks when she first got with Major, she looks kind of the same age as she does now. She looks like the same age as, yeah, just maybe a little bit younger. Like Like, she's at the age of Kosei and them in your Lion April, like 14. Yeah, which is her, yeah. So she looks she looks her age then, when I'm assuming they're trying to make her, like, I don't know, 10. So it's... But, like, they could have made her 14 then, but even then, that's still creepy. Because then she would have spent four years with the major and then made been 18 at that point. And if he, like, loved her romantically, which I still, I don't know. I didn't actually check. I didn't recheck. I meant to, to go back and look at what he actually says when he says, I love you. Because I don't know if he says... Like, like, I like you, or if he says romantically, I love you, because there are different phrases for it in Japanese to where you only say mm-hmm. one specifically for a romantic occasion. And I didn't go back and check to see whether or not he said that specific phrase, or if he just said, like, Daisuke, uh, which I don't think he did. Which, I've not seen the show subbed, so therefore I couldn't read into it that much, or on yeah. that level, of how it was initially intended. For me, I guess, like, I've had an issue with episode five since I initially watched the show. Mm-hmm. But as far as Violet and the Major's relationship <laughs> goes, since I've only seen the show dubbed, I've always looked at that as like and a with that thing. I love you as like a father-child yeah. loving. Because that's how he's always looked at her. Like every time that he would look at her, it was like a strange thing of pity almost. Yeah. Or at least that's how that's how i perceived I, uh, it and took yeah. it yeah up until episode five that's how i had framed their relationship in my mind as well because of the age difference uh, mm-hmm. it was only after episode five that it made me seriously consider whether or not they're trying to make it romantic mm. 
between the two of them. But I didn't I didn't check to see whether or not they actually framed it that way. If they did, ew, gross, no. Um, if they if they didn't and it is a father daughter relationship, less ew, gross, no. But still, for episode five, that's no. I'm not cool with it. Yeah, still still wrong in every shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, and I get that. But that's why I think you and I initially had differing opinions on that particular one. Yeah. But episode five, hell no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, cause there, there's a there's a line in episode five where Charlotte asks Violet specifically, "Do you think there's an issue with the ten year age gap?" Now, if they had made her eighteen, they could have made him twenty eight. It's still bad. I mean, it's not great, but she's legal. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I say it's kind of bad is because she's clearly very isolated. Like. She hasn't lived a life other than what's in the palace. She doesn't know anything. I think that just makes it so much worse, though, is that she's just... She's the kind of girl who's not experienced anything in her life. She fell in love with him when she met him once. I don't know. It's... I. It's very strange. It messes with my head. Without a doubt. Head. It messes with my head. Yeah, it's one of those things. Show. The more you... The more you read into it, the the worse it gets. Yeah. I just hate that it's glamorized. Like, that's not, it's not okay. It's really not. Anyway. They, I don't know. Like, we could sit here and rant I, on I this could, for hours about how yeah. it's not okay. Yeah, honestly, I couldn't. I don't, I don't just want to be here and like shitting on it for 10 hours straight. So, we'll uh, move Although, on. I know you can. That's why I, I tried to let you get it out earlier. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I knew that if I'd said it then and then I got to the episode, I would have just said it all over again, you know? So at least I can keep it contained within the episode brief. Yeah. But swiftly moving on, episode six, somewhere under the starry sky, Violet goes to transcribe uh, some um, books that are falling apart and she ends up meeting a boy named Leon who holds pain in his heart from being orphaned as a child. And he's like teased by everyone else around. They're transcribers, um, which are like auto-memory dolls, but they specifically work with transcribing old books into new books and like old forms so he works with multiple languages all kinds of different stuff he's much more of a specific job than she is um but they don't write like they do so they hire the auto memory dolls so that they can type really quickly and transcribe all of these books that are quickly degrading so that they can um get them all down in the in their form um but they need the transcribers there to translate them and then she types down and violet ends up expressing her loneliness for the major. Um, And by doing so, she teaches him to let go of the painful memories of his past. And he, via his storyline, and under the night sky, as a rare comet passes overhead, they learn more about themselves and each other. And Leon decides to take the plunge and travel like his parents had done um, and maybe hope to run into her someday again. And I ship these two. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's a it's a very nice story. Like this episode was it was just such a nice episode. And yeah. especially after the shit we dealt with in the last one. Like it was it, it was, was a, a nice break. It was a nice break. They they both have a level of understanding of each other because um Violet's gone through some stuff. He's an orphan. He's then been bullied his whole time. He's got past trauma. She's got past trauma. They end up finding common ground with each other and they're the same age. And it's another thing too with how all of this Like, it was around this point that it really started to click with me. Like, not only does Violet change and grow every episode, Mm -hmm. but she kind of forces those around her to change and grow as well. Mm -hmm. 
you kind of start to notice that in episode four with Iris. Yeah. But this is really the episode where I was just like, oh, shit. She's really affecting other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Episode seven is just quotation marks. That's just the title. Just quotation marks. Yeah, there were a couple episodes that didn't have titles, and I was like, the fuck is this? (laughs) Mm, Yeah. This one is quotation marks. The next one is N-A, not not applicable, which is amusing. Um, The writers were so lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're trying to speak to us with their interesting episode titles and say something. I don't know what they're trying to say. Um, (laughs) It's like um, uh, when you hear art critics talking about art, and I'm like, I do not understand how you came to that conclusion. But that's really cool. But like, what? <laughs> and it's like the most abstract shit that you've ever seen. And then, like, you can feel the artist's pain, and I'm like, I'm sure you can if you understand art. But like, I, 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 I would actually be very interested. I did some abstract paintings a couple of years ago. I'd be very interested to see an art critic talk about those abstract paintings and really like see what they think I was feeling during that time or trying to express via my paintings. Honestly, I want to see an art critic critique like the desert one that you made today mm. and like try to determine what you were thinking or feeling whenever you made that one. It, I'm going to make them so upset though because I'm just going to be like, I saw a thing on Pinterest and I thought it was cool. So I used that as inspiration and made it. But could you imagine just watching their brain melt whenever you told them that? Yeah. <laughs> That's just, that's what would humor me about that whole situation. It's just, I saw a desert scene, like a photograph of the desert on Pinterest, and I was like, oh, that looks cool. And so I did a painting based on the desert, and then I made it utopian, because why not? Holy fuck. Okay, so I realize what your painting legitimately reminded me of. What? One of the final scenes from the first arc of SAO2 in the GGO thing. Mm-hmm. That's what that reminded me of, like, whenever Death Gun was, like, running around in the desert. Mm. Like, that's what that reminded me of. That's what that setting and everything. Because I looked at it and I was, whenever you sent it to me, and I was like, I really like it. But for some reason, like, it was drawing me towards something. And then, for some reason, it just finally clicked. It registered. I could go for a register. Just give me all of the money. All of the money. Um, But yeah, episode seven is just quotation marks. Violet goes to help a playwright who lost his wife and daughter due to sickness. And his grief was causing him to drink and giving up on his writing. And he got like writer's block and he couldn't get past it. And he couldn't finish Cry count number one this episode. Hmm? Say cry count number one this episode. Mm -hmm, Me too. He couldn't finish the story that he was writing and he ended up writing it for his daughter. It was a play specifically for his daughter. Violet is able to help him, but in doing so, begins to understand the impact of her taking the lives that she did during the war because she's understanding loss. And up until this point, she never felt anything for all of the lives that she took during the war and, and beforehand. And in doing so, in understanding this playwright and the trauma that he's going through of losing his daughter due to sickness, she begins to understand how her actions are impacting other people, the family of the people that she's killed. And it's starting to really affect her. And yeah, it's a really sad episode, but also fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But as she returns home, she runs into the old lady from the beginning, who the president of the writing male place um, tried to originally, like, base her with to be like hey you can live here uh before she was like no thanks um she 
basically lets it slip that Major is MIA, that the Major is MIA. Because she says something like, I'm glad to see you're doing so well with the Major, with the situation with the Major, or something like that. Like Gilbert would be really proud of you yeah. wherever he's at. Yeah, something Or something like that. along those lines. Mm-hmm. Episode 8, N.A., Violet is trained by the military in this flashback. Her and Major Gilbert share their mili- uh, the military relationship and we learn of their dynamic. Violet goes to talk to the people from the past, confirm the- his death, and she ends up at the manor where he first took her and finds his grave. So basically, Major Gilbert took her to his home. We learn about the dynamic, like when, like flashback, he took her to his home when she was given to him by his brother. His brother was like, hey, I have a weapon for you. Opens it up and there's a small child in there. And the major's like, what the heck are you doing with a child? And he's like, well, if you don't want her, then I'll take her. And so the major takes her and trains her to be a weapon. And uh, he takes her back to his family mansion. And you get to see like him and her relationship and her slowly opening up to him, her learning to talk, him teaching her to read and write, him giving her her name, all of this kinds of stuff. And then... Goes back to real time and she goes back to the man- the mansion and confirms his death when she ends up at, at the grave that they have set up for him, despite the fact that he's MIA. Um, they set up a grave for him there. And we also find the story about the emerald brooch. So like more of the backstory behind the emerald brooch, because it is kind of shown in the beginning of the first episode, but like more of the backstory be- behind why this emerald brooch is so precious to her um, and her relationship with the major. Episode nine, Violet Evergarden. Violet struggles with coming to terms with Major Gilbert's death. She struggles to live with the blood on her hands, but delivering letters and remembering her accomplishments, although not erasing the past, allows her to kind of let herself live. She wants to become a person worthy of her name because obviously he... Oh, I didn't put any trigger warnings on this, but I will say uh, suicide attempt. Massive trigger warning. Yeah, so grief, violence, blood, suicide attempt but yeah this was this was a really hard episode to watch it was really really hard like as somebody who has like struggled with stuff like that like it was a tough watch for that reason but also like there's so much like it's weird to say it's hard to watch that level of growth as well but they did a phenomenal job with like portraying the pain that she was going through Mm mm-hmm and, like, I guess vocalizing it, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, so it was it was one of those things where I was just like, oh, shit, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but basically she wants to become a person that's worthy of the name that she was given by um, the Major. And we also then learn on this episode that there is still unrest in the country after the war from the rebel groups. This episode is real sad. <laughs> um, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, no, this episode... Episode 10 is called A Loved One Will Always Watch Over You. I bawled on this episode. This episode, whenever I watched it the first time. Now, granted, watching it through this time as well, like, I still cried. Mm -hmm. But watching it the first time, like, the last five minutes of the episode, like, I just could not stop crying. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I'm tearing up now thinking about it <laughs> it is really sad so basically like, violet goes to a manor where there's a young girl named Anne and her mother um and the young girl's really upset because she doesn't like visitors because all the visitors that come try and like take up her mom's time and she's like i just want to be with my mom like why are you trying to take me away from her and, and separate me from my mom and violet goes for seven days 
and Anne is not allowed in the room whilst Violet and her mom are working whilst Violet is typing, um, transcribing the letters from her mom. And Anne gets really angry about this, seeing her mother. And her, she's seeing her mother get progressively more and more ill. And it really upsets her. And even though her and Violet kind of get on towards the time they spend together, like Violet like plays with her and put bows in her hair and stuff like that, she's getting more and more upset. And eventually she just like gets thrown over the edge. We find out that her father died in the war and she's really scared of being left alone. Violet, yeah, Violet ends up playing with her and she does her best to comfort the girl, but Anne isn't doing well. And eventually she she kind of like blows up and they have like a confrontation. And Anne says, why are you not like spending time with me? I know you're dying, mom. Like, why are you not spending time with me? And it's really sad. And then... Violet ends up leaving um, and like the little girl Anne and her mom end up coming to a kind of like um, understanding of each other and Violet ends up leaving and then there's uh, like a time lapse of Anne getting older and then I think it's like the next year or so her mom dies and there's her at the funeral and then uh, do you want to explain the last bit? (laughs) So the what Violet had done for her mother is her mother had letters written for Anne for every birthday following from that point on. For the next so every years. year, yeah, like every year on her birthday, she would get a letter from her mother and they were all like pre-planned. They would just say things like, happy birthday. I'm sure at this point, like, I hope you've moved on to like wearing dresses and you'll be starting high school soon and all this other stuff. Yeah. And it's it's genuinely like the sweetest thing that you'll ever see. And I'm not okay. Yeah, no, I, I cried through <laughs> this I'm, episode. I'm being a teary little bitch right now. Because it's It's so sweet it's, though. It is. It is. Really it's sweet incredibly episode. sweet. It's, and this is what- And especially after the last episode that you yeah. watched prior to this, like if you're binging this. Yeah. Fuck, it's such an emotional roller coaster and I can't remember if it's the next episode or the one after, but whenever she parachutes in and is with that episode. soldier. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, it's all just such uh just It's like trying to go 10 rounds with Mike Tyson and just getting the absolute shit beaten out of you round after round. It's like how um, like, how emotionally can we destroy you well, in, like, this, this three-episode span? And this is the thing that aggravates me so much about this show, is that the vast majority of this show is so good. It's so good. And then they do something so stupid, and they ruin it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I get... I mean, I'm, I'm mad about it anyway, because it shouldn't be mainstream stuff. But, like, I... Why would you ruin such a good show? You had so much good content. Like, you know? Uh, I agree. It's because yeah. I can't. I can't think about this now. Whenever I think about this show, that's the first thing that comes to mind, mm. and that sucks. Because then I don't remember these really, really good episodes that are later in the show. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say as well um, is that I know that a lot of people are going to use the argument: well, the legal age of consent in Japan is thirteen. That's not actually entirely accurate, as far as my understanding. Um, the legal, they have prefectures in Japan and their national government 
has got the minimum age of consent at 13 years old, but each individual prefecture has different laws as well. And I believe the youngest in any prefecture is 15 years old, legal age of consent. And that is with the requirement that the partner that that person is consenting to is also 15 years old or like under the age of 18, I think it is. So mm-hmm. the yes, technically the national law is that the age of consent is 13 years old, but none of the prefectures have a prefectural law of it being 13 years old. I think the youngest is 15 and that is with the condition that the person you're with is also 15. And so that rumor that goes around on the internet isn't accurate. It's not the whole story. So if the prefectural law is minimum age of consent is 15, I don't know why that was felt that it was okay to do that. It's not okay. It's not okay. And I'm trying, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to be like, oh, it's my Western ideals that I've been printing on other countries and their culture and stuff. But I don't know. I can't get past this one. For me, that this is the limit. Can't get past it. Anyways, mm-hmm. episode 11. I don't, uh, I don't want anyone else to die. Violet goes to write a letter on a, for a frontline soldier who is trying to stop the rebellion from sparking back up again. Um, and he ends up getting severely injured just before she arrives. So she parachutes in off of a plane and saves him, gets him into a cabin um, in the snow-covered woods and writes the last words, writes his last words to his parents um, and, and his love, Maria, who he barely even got to have any kind of a relationship with. They were childhood friends and just before he left, he confessed to her and then he had to go and they were just going to start their relationship when he came back. Um, and unfortunately, he he doesn't come back. She takes the letters back to his family and apologizes for not being able to protect him. And they thank her for bringing him home. And I cried. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Intense. And then episodes 12 and 13 might as well be the same episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode 12 is NA. Again, not, apl- not applicable for a title. Violet meets up with... Catalea, who is one of the automobile dolls, who is traveling to uh, with a com- uh, with a convoy who an an envoy can't even speak at this point. She's traveling with a dude who they're trying to protect to get to a peace treaty signing, and so they're trying to get the dude who's got to sign the peace treaty to their destination without him getting attacked, but the rebel, like, they have to go through rebel territory to be able to get there. And they're aware they are trying to attack. Um, so they station Major's older brother, who does not like Violet, he kind of blames her for the Major's death, Captain Dyertfred, um, to protect him. He really doesn't accept Violet, and she ends up, something happens, she ends up being on the train with them. They're all on the train, going to the destination. But yeah, he basically cites her as being just a military tool who will never learn love, like he doesn't love, and um, could only survive by taking orders. She ends up protecting him on the train after he protects her due to her losing her fight um, for refusing to kill the enemy. She decides that she doesn't want to kill anybody anymore. They're standing on the top of the train, having a big fight. She refuses to kill the enemy. And because she's refusing to kill the enemy, they're obviously getting back up again and attacking her again, despite the fact that they're on a moving train. Um, and so she's about to be overthrown and killed. And he ends up protecting her. And then she ends up protecting him again. And then so they, they both, they're even now. 
and that's episode 12. Episode 13, which is the final episode of the series, Auto Memory Doll and I Love You. Violet continues to protect the captain on the train and helps pull the emergency brake to stop the train before they reach a bomb-rigged bridge. With the help of Benedict, who is the delivery boy for the mail, they are able to remove the bombs from the bridge because, like, the front of the train is on the bridge, but the back of the train is not on the bridge. You know one of those? And uh, they were able to remove the train on the bridge and she ends up destroying her arms in the process of trying to, like, punch it off. And the captain starts to kind of understand her more. They make it to the treaty and the war is officially over. Captain takes Violet to meet his mother and she tells Violet that the Major will live on in their hearts. The captain orders her to live a long life, but she doesn't need orders anymore. She manages to write a letter for herself for the first time to Major, telling him that she knows what he meant by I love you now. And then there's a greeting at a door and that's it. I'm not going to spoil what's behind the door. I have no idea what's behind the door. So the Blu-ray version of the film actually has what's behind the door, but I will spoil nothing. You can go seek that out for yourself. Um, I'm going to have to, I think. Because although I hate it for that, it's good. (laughs) That's why it's so aggravating. (laughs) It is. I will will not put money towards this. That's that's my line. I'm not going to buy any merch or the light novels or anything like that. I'm not putting any money of my money towards this. But if it's like, if I'm paying a subscription free to Crunchy, I guess that puts their numbers up. Ah! (laughs) Why am I, I, I'm so indecisive about it. I should just like distance myself from it because it pisses me off so much. Don't worry. I will be more careful of what I suggest from now on. I need like a beer. I could use three or four of those. Mm -mm. Why not? You get one or you die. I see this is a win-win. Dude. Nah. (laughs) Take it back now, y'all. One hop this time. Like, no. We ain't doing that. Look, okay, I just want one for every level that I've went up in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I didn't say they had to be alcoholic. Okay, okay. okay. If it's like ginger beer or something, have on it. (laughs) Man, you, you act like I'm just trying to get toasted. But Dude, you have permanent. a literal condition where if you have more than one thing of alcohol, you die. Like, we're not doing I know. This. I know. That's what I'm saying. You act like I'm trying to get toasted, but permanently. <laughs> like in a bathtub. Oh, <laughs> uh, I heard of... <laughs> I heard of... <laughs> to do with that is, like, a really good, like, um, comeback or, or insult or whatever. Um. Oh, by the way, I bought you a present. It's a toaster for your bathtub. <laughs> and it makes me giggle. I don't, I'm like, I'm gonna have to put that in the back of my brain to use at some point. Because it's stupid, but it made me giggle. Okay. Overall thoughts and opinions. Brad Doodle Dandy, the second. (laughs) That's senpai to you. Eh, I'm going to be disrespectful and and, and, uh, not call you senpai. Baka. (laughs) But, so, overall thoughts and opinions. Mm -hmm. It has the potential to very well be one of my favorite anime of all time. Mm -hmm. And yet, it has... I can't even think of the right way to phrase it. It's just... Unnecessary. Its ideals are fucked up. Yeah. It presents ideas in an animation style that are, like... 
it's some of storytelling at its finest in anime and it's animation at its finest especially as a show that came out week to week mm-hmm. and yet the ideals and grounds that it stands upon are like beyond repair yeah if i was watching this week to week and i got to episode five i would not have continued and i don't know if it was just because i wasn't looking at it objectively the first time Mm -hmm. or i wasn't trying to pick it apart and it was just because i was so blinded by the animation and everything the first time that i watched it that i just didn't even remotely pay attention to episode five or any of the meaning behind it Mm mm-hmm But watching it back through this time for the podcast, I saw it for what it was, and I was just like... What the fuck? (sighs) Yeah, like, it kind of warped a lot of my thoughts and opinions on it. And don't get me wrong, I still really enjoy the show for what it is, Mm -hmm. yet I can't... Back it. I can't let it get away with what it got away with. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at as well, is, like, if I was rating this solely on, like, animation... Beautiful, stunning, way up there. Uh, music, music was good. I enjoyed the music. Like I have the Every- soundtrack, like the piano soundtrack downloaded on my phone. Yeah, costume design because it's fantastic. So good. Freaking love the costume design, like the characters, the way that they their the clothing is done, stunning. Mm-hmm. The way that her arms are done, really, really good. Really enjoyed that. I can't. This even the uh, disregarding that specific thing. Storyline, amazing. If you take out episode five, at least from the English dub. Yeah, and the possibility of the romance between Major and Violet. If you make that completely platonic. Yeah, so, and again, that's why, at least from the dub's perspective. If you just raise everyone's age to If everyone's 18. Yes. It's a 10. Yeah. It is a solid 10. It's a 9 for me. If you raise everyone to to the age of 18, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. So good. And yet, if you take it because at face of its value, issues, like, like I don't even want to give it a grade yeah. because of that. Honestly, yeah. Like, it makes it so hard to grade because, like, what do you, like, how, how do you grade that? Something that's so good and then something so, so wrong about it. And, like, how, wh- oh, okay, so pedophilia subtracts 10 points. Like, what? No. Oh, well, you know, there's a... A fourteen, a, a twenty-year-old falling in love with a ten-year-old after meeting for one day. So I'm gonna take off two points for that. Like no, like you can't. Like this isn't an essay that you are grading for school. Yeah. Like it's it's something that because it's on Netflix is absolutely mainstream. Yeah, and the thing about it is, is is because it's anime. Although it's rated high, like it's 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 death violence, all that kind of stuff. It's anime, it's on Netflix, accessible to anyone of any age range. I do not want this getting into some 14-year-old girl's to-watch list and her watching it and thinking that's okay. Mm -hmm. Or a 10-year-old, because she's mentioned at 10, it was her 10th birthday party. (sighs) And that was when they said in the anime at her 10th birthday party that the reason why her birthday party was so big was because on her 10th birthday party that was when royals are allowed to marry and so they were setting her up for a a romance for a, a they were they had invited bachelors on her 10th birthday and the only reason why her marriage ended up being at her 14th birthday rather than her 10th was because the war got in the way and everything had to be postponed they were going to marry her off at the age of 10 it's just it, she hasn't even hit puberty yet. Shit's just 
It's so bad. I'm okay. We need to wrap this up or else I'm going to start like throwing something. <laughs> punch the punch the donut I'm on the wall. I'm punching the donut. The donut is getting punched. Okay. So, next week, is there something you want to cover or are we sticking with Darling in the Franks? Let's do Darling in the Franks. I'm cool with it. Cool. Okay. Next week, Darling in the Franks. And then after that, are you excited for September for Music Month? Because I'm excited for Music Month. I am excited for Music Month. I think it's going to be a fun one. Although, yeah, because... If we're doing Kids on the Slope, then I'm going to cry. Uh, I still don't know if I'm okay enough to watch Kids on the Slope. I'm still fucked up from the first watch. Yeah, yeah. Yet it's on the list, so we have to cover we it. We have to cover it. It's one of my favorite animes of all time, and that's very rare considering that I'm not an emotional anime watcher. Like, I don't tend to watch things that make me emotional. But I am a huge, huge jazz fan, and I, f- I really like the storyline. Which, it's weird. Because you're not that big of a like emotional anime watcher. And yet, we bonded over two of the most emotional music animes, period. I think it's because we both have an absolutely huge passion for music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, we both... Like you almost had a career in music, and mm-hmm. I have I grew up in music, so yeah, I think I think it's just that we kind of understand the way that the characters are feeling more. We can really relate to it. Like I love watching sports animes and stuff, and I did sports, but I never did team sports. So when I'm watching a sports anime, I'm kind of living vicariously through those people. But when I'm watching a music anime, like I I remember those moments. Hmm. And a lot of it is, like, stuff that I, like, strived for. Yeah. So it's, like, I get where they're going with it. And just the stories they have to tell are, they're both unique in their own ways. And yet they're, they do a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, I'm sad that we pushed for your line April so soon. Or I pushed for your line April so soon. Because it honestly would have been nifty to, like, do them side by side and compare them that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm excited. I'm not sure to I could have watching it. one right after the other though. Yeah, we we'd have had a rough time. We would have had a rough time. Could you imagine covering those the last two weeks in September, and then going straight into Spooky Month? Oh my god, that'd have been a rough time. That would have been a rough time. Uh, but I realize I'm gonna have to take it easy on you in October though. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, spooky anime, spooky streams, Halloween, everything. And I don't do horror. Like, this is the thing, is that I get scared. Oh, Blue's a little scaredy bean. I am a scaredy bean, so much so that I start singing. But your horror streams are the best. I'm glad you enjoy them. At least one of us does. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, okay. But are you prepared for more Dead by Daylight, though? Dead by Daylight would be fun. I enjoy Dead by Daylight. Although you're a creep during it, but it's fun. (laughs) Oh, come on. It's not that bad. You whisper weird things into my headphones. It's weird. (laughs) That, out of context, sounds really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it does. Very much so. Agreed. Yeah, Darling and the Frogs. Next week. Uh, Plugs. Uh, Twitch. Blue. Monday through Saturday, minus Wednesdays, for, I don't even know what you're streaming anymore. It's predominantly art with a little bit of Spyro. I Yeah, I do Monday Minecraft, Tuesday Spyro, Thursday is art, Friday is whatever the fudge I feel like, same with Saturday. Yeah! You can also find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender on both Twitter and Instagram 
at Blue Lavender STM. And she also runs a absolutely adorable Instagram for Tilly at the best Tilly Bean. Yes. And if you are a person who is on the TikTok, um, or as my mom calls it, the Tick Tick, um, <laughs> uh, I'm also on there um, at just Blue Lavender, same as my stream. Um, and uh, there, yeah, I post most of my art content on there. So if you're interested in art stuff, you'll get to see all of that over on my TikTok. Uh, because I'm trying to do the Gen Z thing, because I am a Gen Z and I'm not very good at it. So I'm trying to be more Gen Z. Um, <laughs> Hey, speaking of getting better, you're having requests to come back to the Twitter side of things. Yeah, I need to. I, I, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brad. <laughs> Brad's also a dude. He uh, does kind of stream. He's he he streamed today, and he enjoys streaming. Um, so if you want to drop him a follow, and then whenever he goes live, because he doesn't really have a regular schedule, um, you can hip, hip hopity hoop dip 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 on over to his stream at Brightcaster Gaming. And he's also on the Instagram. He doesn't have Twitter. He's just on the Instagram. He also doesn't have TikTok because he's, well, he does, but he doesn't use it. Like he has an account, but he hasn't put anything. I have it solely to support the best business partner ever, Aww. but also because she sends me funny videos. I do send him funny videos. Uh, I lose way too much time on TikTok. It's not even funny. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's he's uh, Brad Carter Gaming on Instagram as well. He also has an adorable uh, prick <laughs> 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 um, Instagram account, which is um, at the adorable prick, and it's featuring cacti. So if you like cacti, <laughs> I, I broke him, guys. Um, then uh, uh, you can go. <laughs> You can go follow him over on that at the Adorable Prick for your regular cacti pick. And uh, he also runs our um, Instagram account for the podcast, which is B&B uh, Anime. Um, and we have, uh, we post memes there. He posts memes there. He makes some memes. He finds some memes. They're all posted on there. It's a good time. We also post updates there. So if you um, don't know what we're watching that week, we're, we're covering. Uh, it's all on the Instagram. You'll find it there. You can also hit us up in the DMs on Instagram and Twitter, where we also keep you updated with all the stuff that's going on in the podcast, uh, which is also at B&B Anime. All of the updates are going to be on there. Hit us up in those DMs if you wish to request something, if you have an opinion on something, if you want us to shout you out, whatever you want, uh, hit us up in those DMs. We do enjoy your interaction greatly. And a couple of you guys have made some cool comments, suggestions, things like that, and we've been enjoying them. Um, so send some stuff in. We like to hear it. We also have a website. Website is uh, www.bnbanime.com where we have all of our backlog of episodes. So if you like our uh, podcast and you kind of found us halfway through, you can listen to all the old embarrassing ones from before we found how the rhythm of such things works. Uh, it's all on the website. We also have links to some fun stuff that we've been working on, secret projects, uh, friends of the show, and both of our art content is also linked on the website, along with a little bit about us. So if you want to know who we are, why I have a strange accent that is sometimes British, sometimes Canadian, um, you can find all of that information out <laughs> on our website. Brad, do you want to tell them about the YouTube channel? Yes, we also have a YouTube channel that has also our entire backlog of episodes at BNB Anime, and we also have a connected channel for all of our voiceover projects where you can see two projects at present but we also have more in the works coming so be sure to subscribe over there if you want to check out projects upcoming projects and also see some badass thumbnails that a mutual friend of ours works on because they are phenomenal mm -hmm. 
and then my brain died. Oh, Blue also has a YouTube channel where she posts some of her art videos and has prior sketches on there as well. Yeah, although I haven't posted there in a little while because I'm rubbish. I've been on TikTok too much. It's taken over my life, guys. I need help. One should. Please, someone help me. (laughs) Uh, Had to get another one in there last minute, didn't you, brain? Yes. Yes, that's that's how brain works. That's how brain works. I feel like my brain needs a name. So, does it ever strike you as odd that the brain is the only organ that named itself? It's not the only organ. It's the only thing in the entire world that named itself. You're right. And technically, you know how everyone says, oh, you've got a skeleton inside of you? Technically, you don't. You're a mush. You're a mush, fleshy goop that is piloting a flesh suit. We're technically Gundams. We are. The human body is a Gundam. That's that's literally it. Is Does that mean that, like, the Daleks from Doctor Who are Gundams? I've never seen Doctor Who. <gasps> I'm not going to hold that against you. I've only seen, like, two seasons. And I'm British. <laughs> three seasons. I was going to say, you hold seasons. that against me, then I'm going to have to go after you with Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> this is side note. Um, at dinner today, I was trying to name every Star Wars character that I could think of. Oh. Um, oh, my lord. And, uh... Oh, shit, I can't even think of his name anymore. The big globby one that Princess Leia kills. Jabba the Hutt? Yeah, I couldn't think of his name, so he ended up being the big globby one. <laughs> Honestly, can, can we do that as, like, a YouTube video? Just, like, pop up pictures on a screen of Star Wars characters and you have to name them? Yeah, we can do that. That sounds great. I'm good with that. That, that would make for great content, uh, honestly. You could, you could do that with that. You could do that with Lord of the Rings, because I, I haven't seen those either. I've only read the books. I have a feeling Abby is going to kill me if I don't eventually watch Lord of the Rings. Like, we uh, keep talking about I've how, only read The like, Hobbit, actually, me, now that her... I think about it. So, yeah, I'm behind on that one as well. We've all seen Harry Potter, so I can't do that. Have you seen Twilight? No. So we can do it with you and Twilight. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> we Like, I know enough about Twilight to get by, but if you start showing me pictures, I'm going to be like, Honestly, oh, God. Honestly, I oh no. don't know. I never read the books. And uh, I was forced to watch the films because one of my best friends at the time was obsessed. So I, I was forced to watch the films. Um, was it one of the twins? <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't. It was a friend that I don't really have much contact with anymore. Not that we're, like, not friends anymore or anything. It's just that life got in the way. Uh-huh. Um, she was obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. She had pictures oh, of Taylor Wall on her walls. Taylor Wall? Taylor Wall on her walls. Taylor Lautner. But we were in, like, middle school, so it was more understandable. Oh, okay. So, that phase. Yeah, absolutely. She went through several of those phases. I was gonna say, I can't say shit. I have anime posters on my walls. I don't have any posters on my walls. I am I am a, a sophisticated young woman with pictures of plants on my walls. But yet you have shelves with Pokeballs on them. Hey, don't judge. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> now I think we've hit everything. <laughs> Side tangent. I don't even know if that's going to get included. That might get cut. <laughs> that might get uploaded at some point in the future. Who knows? But... Yeah, insert outro here. Bye! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can honestly do that. You kind of did the outro earlier. All I need to do is say, bye! There you go. You can match uh, it See, there we got it all. <laughs> okay, well, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Darling in the Fronks next week. And I fucked it up. Bye. Bye.